Other podcasts sound like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, God, it's scraping my mind. We're sweet music to your ears. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. TMA's two bears. It's what you want. Live from TMB Studios, you are now locked on to a Snowball Wrestling Network. Now, here is the host, the one, the only, Caleb Snowball! What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Snowball Wrestling Network SWN. I am the one and only Caleb Snowball, as always, and tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I have got a huge, huge program for you uh, here tonight. Yes, we're going to be talking about all that happened in the world of pro wrestling, and you know exactly what I mean, AEW's double or nothing. Can't wait to go over that and everything. But we have, just like I said on last week's episode, we have a very special interview. We have the one and only... Jacob Ryan is going to be right here tonight live on the Stovall Wrestling Network. We're going to be talking with him. We're going to talk about, of course, pro wrestling. What else? We're going to be having some fun talking about that. Yes, we are going to address certain issues and stuff like that. But it's going to be fun. Make sure you tune in. Uh, It'll be a little bit later on. But that's later on. Right now, I got to bring in everyone's, I think, favorite guest. I'm not sure exactly, but he's the one. He's the only. He's Chris. You know him, motherfucking Dickens. Chris. What's up, SWN Fan Nation? Caleb Stovall. Yes, it's going to be a tremendous episode. And I am telling you, I cannot wait. I have been thinking about this for a week now. We are going to have Jacob Ryan on what is. To be a new section in SWN periodically, the Superstar Spotlight. Yes. We are going to be talking to Jacob Ryan. I've been looking forward to this. But not only that, we're going to be talking about... No, I did not steal that from Hancock. No, he did not steal it from Hancock. We improved it. (laughs) (laughs) But also, we are going to be talking about the Elite. The The Elite. All Elite Wrestling. Yes. Double or nothing. I cannot wait for that. Man, the wrestling world is on fire. I got to get this out of the got to get started. Stuffle, please, please start this fucking program. Well, all right, man. All right. But but, but before I can do that, I got to ask you, man, uh, what has been your feedback on the past couple of episodes? Because they have been pretty <laughs> controversial. Oh, Jesus Christ. Have they been controversial? Ladies is and gentlemen. Is it just me or where we sounded more and more like something to wrestle with? Uh, chat me up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Roll time on that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm stopping we're, we're, that. Don't we, we stop that. Done. We are Stop that, bro. That. Oh, God. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that either. <laughs> but the past few episodes, while they have been controversial, have... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I am seriously waiting for Conrad Thompson to, to call us. Yeah. Call us. We need to do a cease and desist on this. Because you're taking my gimmick and using it for your own personal gain, I'm gonna have Ric Flair come down there and what? You gotta have you send him here. He's gonna get an interview. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. Well, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, on a serious note, All right. these past few episodes of SWN yes. have been controversial. But 
They have been listed as some of the best episodes we have aired to date. Yeah, oh, and awesome. in all honestly, they have brought in more viewers, more listeners yes. to the SWN and to TMB Studios. So we are doing major things. And honestly, tonight's episode is going to be even bigger. It's going to make a lot of waves. So yes. I cannot wait. Absolutely. Uh, and and like I said, and I just got to take a minute to thank you all for tuning in and spreading the word, uh, spreading the love, or maybe in this case, spreading the hate <laughs> that's, that's on this program. But it means so much that everyone is checking out uh, uh, this show and everything. And yes, just like I promised you, there will be merchandise coming soon. We're it's already working soon. on the online shop. Yes. It will be available soon. Once we get it up, it'll be available. You'll see it all over our social media, and we will be plugging it right here on the Stoveall Wrestling Network. And we've also got a something big in the works. I'm just going to go ahead and tease that now. It may be a year from now, but it's just something big. I'll, that's all I'll say. But that's later on. Let's talk about the here and now. And yes, just like he I am so excited. I have not felt this kind of energy in a long time. So let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about it. It's yours. It's mine. It's everyone's favorite subject. Yes. And oh my God. After this past weekend, the most anticipated wrestling event in quite some time. Probably more so than last year's Tokyo Dome event, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. More, yes. more so than last year's Wrestle Kingdom was this the uh, most anticipated wrestling event of the year. AEW, Double or Nothing, finally happened live from the MGM Grand. And, man... You know, we're going to go over the show and everything like that. But just at the end of that show, there was a feeling in my heart, in my gut. I had goosebumps the whole night. Like, I had goosebumps the minute it went off the air. And it's just, it is an excitement I have not felt, honest to God, since I was a kid watching WCW. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this whole event... From, from the start of the build-up to Double or Nothing many, many months ago, when we found out that All Elite Wrestling was coming into fruition, it yes. was just rumors to start with. We didn't believe it. Then we saw the Young Bucks leave Ring of Honor in New Japan. Cody leaving New Japan in Ring of Honor. Aaron, um, Kenny Omega leaving New Japan in Ring of Honor. And we're just like, wait, what's going on? And Hangman Page. Hangman and Page and all these other people. It's like... Something big's about to happen. We yep. get the announcement of AEW, All Elite Wrestling. We get the announcement that Tony Khan is backing this company. Yes. And then we start seeing all this other news break. We have the um, the live uh, – what's it press called? Conference. Press conference. conference. In where they Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. Where Outside Chris, the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah, Stadium. Where Chris Jericho made it known he's all in, which was bigger than life. And then we get uh, – the Lucha Bros. We get all these other talents that are coming in, and we're Pop. just watching and watching and watching and watching and watching. And now it happened. Double or nothing. The make or break. All right. So all in was a was a great experiment, and if they could sell out a building, okay. But double or nothing was a make or break for this company. Period. Yes. 
Yes, this was it, the proving stick. Yeah, it it, it, it absolutely was. Um, they they even said it themselves. They're like, we have to knock this one out of the park. We have to hit a grand slam. You know, it's the bottom of the ninth. You know, and and bases yep. are loaded. We've got to hit the grand slam. And I'm and I'm just like, yeah. yes. And to me, I mean, they beyond did that. They did the, the the reviews, the reaction. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's buzzing about it. There was a, every the, the, when you were watching the show. Literally after every matchup, there was a buzz. There yeah. was just this. It was just something different. And, and and there were things that were good about it that were surprising to me as well, um, and, and we'll we'll get on to that or we'll get into that later I should say, but man, just that feeling I had watching this, and then when it ended, like I said, I just I haven't felt like this literally since I was a kid about pro wrestling. And in all honesty, you gotta think about it this way: even though it's the Young Bucks and Kenny and. and you know, you got Tony Khan behind the scenes. Let's just face facts. This is the Ronald's name, the Rhodes name, written all over it. This is how pro wrestling was booked years ago, and they're doing it this way. And and I like how Cody said it, that he took Eric Bischoff's words to heart, that pro wrestling shows should be like a buffet, and this was no exception to that. Oh, absolutely, and legit, if you couldn't fill your plate up with something, then you just weren't hungry mm-hmm. for it. Like, like I, I mean, and good Lord, did, did I take that uh, metaphor really far. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, um, let's just get right into it. You know, even the fucking 30-minute pre- preview show, the buy-in, the buy-in was still better than half of anything that we've seen. Yeah. I mean, WWE does their uh, pre-show, and it's always 30 minutes, and they have matches and interviews and stuff like that. But the buy-in was something, you know, unique in its own right, including, you know, the the, the starting matchup was very unique in its own right. The Casino Battle Royale. Now, I can't go over uh, every part of this. As I'll be honest, I was a bit late to this part only. But what I did see of it uh, and everything like that was really good. It was it was really unique um, and everything like that. And then of course, uh, Hangman Page, you know, comes out. He's obviously, I guess, the fan favorite out of yeah. all of them. Uh, but but the memorable appearances uh, in this though, uh, Tommy Dreamer <laughs> and the polka dot. Yeah, no, I was about to say you were about to say it, but I had to beat you to it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just. Tommy Dreamer. But that's his tribute to the dream, yeah. man. He it, he he absolutely loved Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. I mean, even when he got to work with him, when he got to, you know, idolize him and everything like that, it, he just was a Dusty Rhodes fan. Yeah, and, you know, I have to give my hats off to Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer's been every fucking promotion, oh, man. With yes, the he has. WCW. Yes, he has. It, it's um, funny. It's funny. He always has his hand in 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 one of these companies. You know, mm-hmm. even had it in TNA and Impact Wrestling. So, you what know? did you think about how they brought out the participants? It, it was completely different from what we've ever seen before. It was. Uh, it, it, it. I mean, it was. It was. It was different. 
I don't know, like, like I, I, I didn't know how to feel about it, but I, all I knew was I, I, I enjoyed what I saw mm-hmm. and everything like that. I'll tell you, though, one of the craziest bumps, though, for me personally, was seeing fucking Joey Janela's dumbass get slammed head first through the table. Like, like, like when he got picked up for the choke slam, he literally went head fucking first like no his body didn't break his fall his head broke his fall <laughs> like like he's probably like johnny knoxville well luckily my head was there to break my fall yeah <laughs> like uh well, maybe but, that smartened him up a bit <laughs> probably not I, probably mean, not I mean there's literally a documentary on joey janela that's called joey janela please don't die <laughs> <laughs> that's called, that's the opening line for the documentary, so that should tell you wow. uh, about Joey Janela. But you know he he's an interesting cat, that's for sure. But it, like Jimmy Havoc being in this thing yeah. and him stapling fucking Tommy Dreamer's nuts, oh, <laughs> like, it was literally in the nuts. Chink. Like, Jesus. Oh my God, that was that was just awful. Uh, and everything like that. But I think that the best part, though, was when um, it looked like Hangman Page won. And then, of course, MJS sneaky little ass comes in and tries to eliminate him. And it looks like it's going to be that classic thing. But then Hangman hangs on. He flips back over, gives him that, turns him inside out with the clothesline, and then throws his ass over. I was just like, yes! Yep, so, like... Hangman Page is now one of the number one contenders for the yes, AEW yes. World he is, he is, he is, uh, he is one of the number one contenders. There will be another one that was later named in the show, which we'll get to in just a second. And then after that, uh, you didn't have necessarily – like like you had some previews and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you had Kip Saban versus Sammy Guevara. Um, and I was very surprised that Kip Saban went over in this match and not, uh, fucking, um, Samuel Guevara. I mean, right. I, I, I don't know. I was just very surprised at that. Um, you know, th- 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 this was still a good opening mm-hmm. matchup. And it was, it was funny because you almost felt like you were watching the pay-per-view a little bit. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit. And then when they started doing the introductions to each of the elite members, mm. like, they show that opening video and shit. They legit brought the goddamn TV intro, basically. Yeah, which was cool like, as crap. Yeah, like, I, I know. That's... The thing was, is like I like how they introduced Jim Ross. They showed Jim Ross walking to the ring, and he he come out to the whole Boomer Sooner song. It was yes. great. And then you see, because uh, WWE can't trademark the Boomer Sooner song. No, they can't. And, and it was good to see Jr. coming back to the ring to the announce position, and they paid their respects to the man. They they did, uh, full fledged. But then to see how the, can you not? I mean, no, the can't. man is legit. Cody Rhodes said it best, like in the damn thing. Like he said, he said, uh, "What? Why are you so keen on 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 Jim Ross?" And he just goes. Because he's Jim fucking Ross. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the, I was like, yes. Exactly. And Ross, they said it best. He is the voice of professional wrestling. And I'm kind of glad. Yeah. I kind of glad that we didn't hear him for the buy-in at all. Because he didn't do the buy-in. It was mm-hmm. all Excalibur and uh, Alex Marvez. Right. And um, I'm glad that 
they waited to bring JR on for the pay-per-view because that made it feel even more special. Yeah, it made it feel special. But then they, then when they started introducing each of the elite members, they were bringing them in. You see the pickup truck pull up. Yeah. You see the dog. And, and he Farrell! Hears, he hears like, I recognize that dog. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh my God, I, I, I think uh, Tessa has a run for her money. When I saw Brandy get out of the truck. Right. Oh, and then Cody got out. And, you know, they hand off uh, the dog, and, and they, they just sit there, and they're prepared. And then the camera cuts, and there's Kenny Omega playing on the laptop. <laughs> Turns to the camera, just thumbs up, and gets up and walks away. I know, right? It's like, yep, that's just classic Kenny. Oh, yeah, that's and, Kenny. And then I, I didn't understand the full concept. Maybe you could kind of, like, dwell on it a little bit more because you might have more of an understanding. What? When the Young Bucks were introduced, and one of them was walking, and he, and he stopped in front of the guys like, hi, and he shook his hand and oh. that whole thing. Maybe you could have more light on the subject because I was kind of confused by it because I haven't followed these guys for quite a bit. You have. I mean, I, I have um, in Nokasawa. I think Nokasawa. It's, it's, yeah, Nokasawa. He's a little bit just like, 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 like one of those crazy, like, strong-style Japanese wrestlers and everything like that. So that's kind of just what he was like. He was just kind of like acting scared. And yeah, stuff like but, but I like so, how you say – I don't know exactly, though. I don't remember, like, him to be quite honest. Yeah, but I, I I do like that part where he's like, hey, it's Michael. Okay. Nakasawa. And as he walked away, he's like, Nakasawa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he met up with his partner. I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't understand it my, myself. But they either. had to have the, <laughs> and, 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 Of course, you just had to throw a super, super kick, kick in, in there. I'm just saying, that's how that partner is like, hey, guys, Cody said you got to have these packs. You have to have the what? Well, here's what you can have. Super kick. I'm like, exactly. Oh, really? Of course. <laughs> well, you knew that they had yeah, to. Yeah, they had to throw a super kick in. But I just love – that the fans, the crowd that night when the elite did come out finally, how much love and support that they were throwing their way. Yes. And, yes. and that just speaks volumes because we've said it on here, but to see it from 13,000 people, well, excuse me, they rounded it up because it's pro wrestling. 20,000 people. Of course. Yeah. You know? um, it, it just means a lot. I it, wonder if their source was, was actually there. <laughs> See what you did there? Yeah. Oh, well, throwing shade. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's all pro wrestling. But, yes, um, it was great to see all that. The buy-in was amazing, but the buy-in was just a taste. Right. It was like, here's your sample. Now go ahead to the main course. It's okay. The source will just give it to the drunk guy on the video. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, no. Well, no Kitchen's it, actually sending the picture of, uh, <laughs> of Double or Nothing to show. I'm like, yeah, there was that many people there. <laughs> Anyways. No, I, yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, but then, you know, we get to the pay-per-view, the start of it. And this is where now, like, I'm sitting back and I'm just like, okay. What am I in for? Am I in for anything? Are we in for boring? Are we in for this? Are we in for that? Like, you know, you just don't know. You might be like, oh, there might be too much hype on this. There might be this thing, you know, all of this. But we uh, but we started off with SCU. Yep. And this is the worst town I've ever been in, Chris. <laughs> 
I don't know. But oh man! What was great was when what was when they attended the fucking Super Bowl and they had the being the elite from the Super Bowl and he was just like, "That was the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen." Like, because they're L.A. fans. Yeah, <laughs> they're from Southern California, so they were they were fucking Rams fans and they were they were pissed at the end of that shit. I would have been too. Yeah. But, yeah, we started off with three guys who, to me, do not get enough credit in this business. No, they don't. I, and they're and some if of the most talented guys around. Exactly. And if anyone deserved to be in that in front of that many people performing, it was these three. Mm -hmm. Christopher Daniels, for one thing, he's probably one of the most creative minds in the business when it comes to putting together matches, when it comes to cutting promos. The promos he used to cut in TNA as the Fallen Angel, I thought were just some of the greatest promos I'd ever seen. I was like, oh my God, this dude is amazing. Yeah, he's very articulate. He's very talented on the mic as well as inside the ring. He and can he can be funny. Yeah. I mean, he is a funny motherfucker. Yeah, and, and you know, nobody takes anything away from Christopher Daniels. He is one of the flagships of the original TNA. He's yes. one of the guys who helped make that boat and sailed it. And Yeah, but he, he should have gotten a world title. He should have uh, run, in my in my opinion, in TNA. He, he really should have had. He should have gotten a world title run, and he should have beat AJ Styles at some point. I in agree. TNA. Like I just, but that's a different story. You yep. know, we, we opened it up, and their opponents um, uh, were were the Japanese uh, guys. Um, I forget their names. Seema T Hawk and L Lindemann. Okay. That's who they were. Yes. Try saying those five and, times and, fast. And I don't think that Japanese is more or less uh, – they were uh, linked up with AAA and uh, Innovative Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, they were like a mixture. Okay. Still, that's a mouthful. Like, mm -hmm. uh, good uh, lord. Uh, it really is. Yeah. I got my eyes. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. I see that. <laughs> don't you mean bite me? Bite me. I'm trying to cool <laughs> off things here right now. So. I got you. I got you. It's hot as fuck. But anyways <laughs> – yeah, um, a great opening matchup uh, and everything like that, you know, just to get the crowd uh, entertained and everything, yeah. but I still thought it was good. Yeah, those guys, they entertained the crowd, and it was a great matchup. I mean, how what more could you ask for from a six-man tag? Right, but then we go to the women, and originally was supposed to be a triple threat match between Nyla Rose, Smiley Kylie Ray. And the doctor, Britt Baker, who is uh, very much in love with Adam Cole, baby! Even though the Young Bucks killed him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they killed Joey Ryan and everything. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, we, we've got them, right? And it looks like that's what this is about to be. And then Brandy comes out. And uh, she comes out in a completely different uh, attire. And then she comes out and she says, she says, I did want something, uh, you know, great from the women, but I really want something awesome. And then who do you know? Awesome fucking Kong. Which it's, popped the crowd like Oh, crazy. God, it popped me. Like, I was just like, what? Holy shit. Like, 
That is awesome. No, <laughs> no pun, pun intended. intended. Right. <laughs> but see, they're, they're, they're <laughs> right there. Uh, says something because Awesome Kong made her name in TNA Impact. And now she's all in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that, that, that's technically what, what that says. you know. Yeah. But she definitely is an elite. Yeah. I would say so. Yes, yeah, she is. She very much is. But she came into this matchup. Uh, the women delivered a hell of a matchup again. Like, these women fucking killed it. And Dr. Britt Baker comes out on top. Awesome. Yep. It was a, it was tremendous. And I love the fact that she actually, you know, won the match. I'm a fan of Britt Baker's. I'm sure you are. Yeah. Okay. Kiss my butt. Okay. You think things differently than me, but <laughs> it's, it's a, the women did tear the house down, but Britt Baker won the matchup and yep. it was an amazing match and very. And who was on commentary that whole time? Miss Allie. Hey, thought she died in impact. Right, for real? Well, I guess that's how it goes. You get stabbed in the stomach and you disappear and appear in AEW. <laughs> wow, that's the afterlife. <laughs> Allie must have done something really well to get put there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> she, she she went to heaven. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyways, yeah. So uh, that was a good matchup. Then we went uh, to uh, one of the matches you could probably make a case for a uh, show stealer on this. Uh, we had the tag matchup uh, between the best friends, Chucky E, uh, Chucky Taylor, I think. Yeah, yeah, Chucky Taylor. Yeah, I thought it was Chucky E, though, as well. Like yeah, Chucky they might have e called him Chucky E. Or but... something like that. But And then Trent Barretta. Uh, the best friends thing, man. I I did not see how this originated or anything, so I don't know if you have any info on now, this. I but don't have any info. The only thing I can think of is they're sitting in their hotel room, like that'd be a great tag team. What? Best friends. Just best friends. Just we're just best friends. And apparently, one of the things that everyone loves for them to do is just give each other a hug in the uh, in the ring and stuff like that. Jesus. So. Uh, the simplest things can get the biggest draws. It really can. I mean, just think of yes, yes. Oh, dear God. Anyways. Or what? Oh, no. Yeah, but he was over before that. So. And he just got over even more. Right? So, um, yeah. But this tag match. Oh, and, and uh, uh, Best Friends um, goes up against Angelico and Jack Evans. So you already know this matchup is going to be like off the charts. Oh, and was this match not awesome or what? No, I'm pretty sure Dave Meltzer was crapping his pants at this point, probably. I don't know. He he probably uh, jerked off a couple of times <laughs> that um, this night and just thought about how many Mario stars cart can I give this? I give it the Rainbow Road. <laughs> Oh, but no, this Lord. tag match was just like off the charts. It really was. It really, it really was. It had the crowd buzzing. The crowd was into it from start to finish. It was just awesome. And it shows you how uh, long uh, Jack Evans has come and mm -hmm. everything like that. And then in Helico, man, I just see so much potential there. Oh yeah, there's a whole lot of potential bowl in uh, in Helico. It's just. I will say I, this. I. I I don't know. This is just me personally, but I wish you wouldn't wear a onesie like that. No, that's one thing we can agree on. Finally, like I'm, I'm kind of just like I'm just like, dude, 
you had your shirt off in Lucha Underground. Just leave your damn shirt off. Exactly. Just, just, just do it. Like, you know. Um, but anyways, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't like that part. But other than that, this matchup was awesome. And then, you know, it's funny. I just said Mario Kart star and everything like that. Because at the end of this, the Super Smashem Brothers come out. And that yeah, that's the team that attacked them afterwards. And they had these like minions and stuff like that. Yeah. It was uh They weren't weird. They weren't mentioned by name on the program itself. No, because because everyone was just like, what the hell? Who well, are they were chanting what's your name and stuff like that. Yeah, um, who are you? Who are, are you? you? Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah. Um so we'll find out more about that, I'm sure, as as the days or months, you know, come yeah. in AEW uh, and everything like that. Then we go to a matchup that really, like, to me, was the surprise, like, sleeper match, I guess, of this whole thing. It was it was a matchup, and I can't remember, like, how to pronounce. It, 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 was, it uh, was six Japanese women. It was Kaoru Shida, like, Riho Abe, um, um, Ryo Mizunami. And they faced off against Asia what Kong, the, Yuka Sakazaki, and uh, Emi Sakura. What the fuck are you? Are you learning Japanese now? No, I uh, have Wikipedia and Google. You fucking Mark. Hey, not a Mark. Just a very <laughs> educated guy. All right, I go to Google for when I need medical advice. Okay, leave me alone. You need to legally change your name to Mark. Okay, okay. So, um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, no, but. On a for real note, this matchup, first of all, you had the little Japanese girl doing uh, Genie. Like, like, <laughs> like, 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 she looked like something out of Aladdin. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, it was kind of funny. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but there was one person, and she actually kind of got kind of an ovation when she came out, which was Aja Kong. Mm-hmm. Because those matches. With her and Bull Nakano in Japan are legendary. Yeah. So to have them in AEW. Well, Bull Nakano's not. But, no, but Asia, Asia Kong was, was It there. just adds a new level. Yeah, it does. And so th- that was really cool. Um, but this matchup really surprised a lot of people, I thought. And the crowd was really into it. Like they start, yeah. they got a "This is awesome" chant, and, and a "This is wrestling" chant. I think. Yeah. So I mean, that was probably like just the most shocking, and it was probably like like the best thing I saw from the crowd that night was yeah. just that was just that they respected it so much. Because let's face it, if that matchup and this event has taken place about five years ago or so like that everyone would have gone to the bathroom mm-hmm. everyone would have chanted boring maybe yeah. even at that matchup but that's where we are now you know people like wrestling fans have such a respect for just whatever the art of wrestling is exactly and when it was and and that was different i mean that was different than anything i thought you have a more educated wrestling fan base these days than you did say five six years ago and that's what makes this so great is that these are educated wrestling fans. Yes. And they are not only following what the wrestlers are doing, they are invested in what's going on in the business. So, well, speaking of invested, yes, the next matchup that we are going to talk about 
is quite possibly one of the best matches I've seen in almost years, maybe 10 years. I have never been more invested in a matchup such like this. It was the brothers versus brothers. Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. And just, oh my God, the, 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 the story, the emotion, the, 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 the everything. I mean, just, I, to me, I thought Gargano and Adam Cole this year was going to be hard to top. This, by far, is match of the year. Agreed. And and these two proved why they are Rhodes' bloodline. Absolutely. But before we get into this matchup and everything like that, the shot heard around the world. Yeah. When Cody makes his entrance... There's a chair sitting up there, or a throne, and the uh, symbol looks very familiar. And I looked at Blake, and I was just like, man, that looks a lot like Triple H's, like, throne. And, I, and then I was just like, wait, holy shit, that is, like, that straight do it like Triple H, you know, type thing. It's kind of from his WrestleMania 30 yeah. um, entrance. So, Cody does that, you know, he, he comes down. Brandy goes under the ring and hands him a fucking sledgehammer. And at this point, when he walks up to go up to the ring, me, Blake, and about 13,000 people in Vegas, and then about millions around the world are losing our fucking minds. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, is that when this moment happened, and if you haven't seen this moment yet, I mean, if you haven't watched Double or Nothing, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But if you want to see this moment in particular... You can go on Facebook. Go find yeah. it everywhere. Go, well, here's the thing. Go on Facebook. Look up TNT drama. TNT's already posted this. That's how big this moment was. TNT. Here's, it, it's so funny when, when, when we talk about you know TNT and, and everything like that. You know what's the notion about TNT and the Turner Networks and everything about that when it came to wrestling? They didn't want it. They didn't want anything to do with it. They didn't want to have it on their network. They didn't want to own it. They didn't want anything to do with it. And now they are. I saw AEW advertised during the NBA playoffs, during the Eastern Conference Finals between uh, what was it, the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee, um, whatever the fuck, <laughs> and um, like. It what there was not just an advertisement for it, like like you know a, a promo or a spot for it. There was those little like strips down at the bottom where it's like tune in on this night. It had AEW or nothing, and the announcer stops in the middle of the game and just goes, "Check out AEW's Double or Nothing live on pay per view coming to TNT soon." And I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I just don't think how huge anybody realizes that that is and the fact that they tweeted you know tweeted facebook whatever the fact that they put that on their social media shows that no pun intended they are all in yeah that they are legit they're just like you know what we're all in on yes and and let's just face it they even posted triple h's chair question mark 
Yeah. And and gave credit to the Wrestling Observer for the original video. Uh, but th- that's the thing is they list this TNT drama, and boy, this had drama written all over it. This is the sh- as you said, the shot heard around the world. Because even myself, when I saw the chair, immediately you see skulls, you see the little Triple H logo at the top of it. You knew what this was. They walk over to it, and Cody actually looks like he was a kneel for a minute, but then he stands back up. That's when Brandy goes to the ring and the sledgehammer. That's what sealed the deal on the symbolism of this. It could have been anybody else's throne. It could have been any other symbolism. But as soon as that sledgehammer came out, oh, yeah. it was perfectly clear. Oh, and yeah. boy, when Cody grabbed the sledgehammer, the crowd oh, the lost crowd. their shit. Oh, the crowd went nuts. And, and when he and when he walked <laughs> to the thing, they were like, yeah. And when he hit it, the crowd went nuts again. And Brandy. When they cut the brandy, her exact words, and and a lot of people bring it down, bring it down, and then the crowd lost it again. Yes, this is exactly, and a lot of people online on social media, you wrestling smart marks out there, sitting there going, why are they, you know, throwing this out at uh, WWE and Vince McMahon? Oh, they're just doing the same thing that WCW did years ago. I don't think you understand it. I don't think you get it. I don't yeah. think you understand the symbolisms as they were presented. A lot of you were looking at it as, oh, it was a shot at WWE. It was a shot at Triple H events. Uh, it's the same thing that was done in WCW where they're taking shots at each other. No, that's not exactly, you know, a lot of people could take it like that, but that's not what it meant. What it meant was is that WWE, uh, I you're think not you, the only game in town. Exactly. You don't have a lock on professional wrestling. This is something new. This is something different, and the the foundation has been cracked. Well, yeah, and and, and I was gonna say though, like, cause I I, I saw posts, you know, uh, press conference interviews from from AEW or from ha huh, from uh, AEW, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into more of them uh, a little bit later on. But yep. I saw Cody, and they obviously asked him about that, and he said, you know. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure this and that, but, you know, for me, it was just symbolizing that uh, I'm just, I'm not ready to go into the corporate world just yet. I still, you know, want to be in the ring and everything like that. Uh, And I just went, yeah, Cody, let me, I'm going to have to call you out on that, buddy. Um, You can say that and you could even believe that. No one in the world took it that way. No, <laughs> everyone took it. As we that all understood. Even your brother Dustin uh, said Vince needs to watch his ass. So. Yes, he did. Um, but then you know you, you go from that awesome moment, and then you just go to just magic. Yeah, I mean, just there is just no other way to describe this match. It's just no. It was brother versus magic. brother. It was Rhodes versus and it Rhodes. was on. It, like it was amazing, but it was also uncomfortable to watch at times. Yes, yeah, it was. Like it really was. And dude, I have not seen someone bleed that bad in a matchup. Uh, you know, since they wanted to try to stop the fucking fight between Joe and Balor. Yeah, and, and <laughs> here's the thing. Is that professional wrestling is violence. Professional wrestling is fighting, and there is blood in professional wrestling. And for them to Does actually, there need to be blood, though, every single match? No, Obviously but this not. was part of the story. Yes, it had to, it, it had it, to, it had happen. to happen. 
It had to have it. It had to show how ruthless Cody was, even in the face of his own brother. Yeah. And then it had to show Dustin, you know, scratching and clawing his way You're back. Trying to fight. Everything. It was just, oh my and God. And they had the crowd and everyone watching in the palm yes. of their hand. Oh, and by the way, I want to make, I want to make a note of that, actually, because, uh, WWE, those are real reactions. Yes. Those these are not are, fucking fake planning rants. Yeah, and these are two guys who, one, you painted gold, put a wig on him and make him look gay. The other guy, you put him uh, in a group with uh, Randy Orton and uh, Ted DiBiase Jr., which should have been great. You turn it into crap. It was basically the Randy Orton show. Then you put him in a face mask. Then you give him a fucking uh, child molester's mustache. <laughs> then you paint him like a star. Yeah. These are guys you put on the mid-card level and said they'll never amount to anything more than mid-carders. And you basically said that this Russell or this matchup was not worthy of WrestleMania. Yeah, and oh my god, they just blew everything you've done in the past 20 years out the fucking water. And I mean, I mean they really did. They're, you've heard from some of the top experts in this business, from some of the top people in this business, and they have commented on this matchup and said that was one of the best matches we've ever seen. Yep. Even one of your guys that you let go of, Mark Henry, who now hosts podcasting on uh, the, the Fight Network. Yes, he does. He was interviewing people at AEW. He even said it was one of the greatest matches he's ever seen in a long time. So when you got a guy like Mark Henry praising your work, you've done something tremendous. Yes. Because yes. Mark Henry has been on top of the game in WWE. I was about to say, you have to give Henry his credit. Yeah. You know, I mean, he started off terrible in this business, but he amounted to something in this business. Yeah, he went from its sexual baby to... Uh, World He's champion. World champion, yeah. So that says a lot. But Dustin and Cody, my God. Yeah. Um, the just, fans were right when they said fight forever because I want to see that matchup or that style caliber matchup again. Yes, but uh, the, the, then it, it had to end. Yes. It finally ended. And then if, if you did not have tears during this promo – I, I just then you're not human, yeah, uh, and you don't love wrestling like that because there was not a dry eye around the world watching. No, this I even had to fight back tears. Okay, I almost cried. I no, I cried. He cried. I, I, okay, I, 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 I cried. I fought thing. back. I'm a little more of a hard ass sometimes. I I fought <laughs> back the tears, but yes, very emotional moment. Uh, Cody won the match, of course. Yes. As Dustin said, he killed the Attitude Era. Um, <laughs> but then he climbs back in the ring, and, and even in Dustin's own words, said, oh, my God, you just killed me. You destroyed the Attitude Era. What are you about to do now? And surprised him. And this is what I like about this, because I don't know if this was fully planned or not. Dustin planned on retiring uh, after Double or Nothing, but yeah. said that, when Cody came in and then said he needed a partner to face the Young Bucks. Well, what, b before you go into that, yeah. right, the thing that was so symbolic in all of that was the 94 uh, WCW Saturday night, and it was uh, setting up for Clash of the Champions where the Dream said the exact same thing to him. Like he said, yeah. he said, he said, I don't need, you know, a handshake from you. You know, we're blood. I just need, I just need a hug and a kiss from you right now. 
and he got that. Oh my God! I watched that today, and I was just I was still trying to fight. I was fighting back tears at work. I'm just like, no, um, it's hot and sweaty in here. It's, all <laughs> it's coming from my eyes. Yeah, he's even trying to uh, hold him back right now, but it's hot and sweaty in here too. I so. mean, but think about it. Like, like, like that's who Dusty is. That's just how you know that Dusty was just such a good person. Yeah, and that's how you know that Dusty was there during this. They even said they felt his presence around. I think that whole arena felt it. Yeah, so I, like I, I felt him at home. It was just. It was um, and he was looking down, and he just had a smile on his face. Those are my two baby boys out there killing it, and they just standing there saying, "Fuck the revival out there." <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> oh man! But no, seriously. Uh, in all seriousness, though, like, just oh my god, from start to finish, from bell to bell, this was one of the most amazing things. And then the promo afterwards when he was just like, I don't need a partner. I don't need a friend. And he was like, I need my older brother. And he like had that crack in his voice. I was just like, oh, Hollywood couldn't have scripted a better. No, WWE, you could not script a promo like that because you can't script something like that. Nope. And like People I said, can tell when it's bullshit. Like I said, Dustin didn't – he claims he didn't know this was happening. And now we have this emotional moment that took place, and now we have another matchup set up for their next event. Yes, the Young Bucks versus – the Brothers versus Brothers is yeah. what it is. And that's going to be Matt off the Matt Jackson, what a lot of people – like a lot of people question them. No, they're legit. They're brothers. They legit were – we're raised together. They and they yeah. they live together. Like they're legit blood brothers. So it's the brothers versus the brothers. And you know what was so interesting about this matchup with Cody and Dustin, if I could, is is that their relationship, according to many, is legit complicated. It is like it, it's a uh, it's not only an older brother you know, type thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's more just, you know, I, I don't know. Like, 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 like what, what have you heard from it? I mean, a, a lot of, I heard was, it's almost like, um, you know, Cody was the light of Dusty's eyes sometimes or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, you know, just depending. And, and when Cody came into WWE, Dusty took him kind of under his wing a little bit and kind of molded him a little bit more. Than he did uh, Dustin. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a lot going around that's, that talks about their rocket relationship. But let's face facts. Um, when Cody left WWE, there were sour grapes with Dustin. He was still there. He couldn't go and do as he wanted to. He was locked. And then Cody went off and had this tremendous success. Of course, there's going to be a little animosity. Yeah. But, but as Dustin said in, in the interview that I saw, he broke out of prison. And will show that there's a life outside of WWE. Yes, yes. And speaking of prison breaks, we'll get into that later on. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, just an amazing moment. Just I didn't think anything pretty much uh, could top it. I, but I was wrong. <laughs> uh, because then we had, you know, we had... What I felt was like the only comparable moment to WWE because it was an in-ring segment and everything like that. Um, but, you know, that's 
that's ha- been happening in wrestling for years. Yeah. You know, so I can't really say that it was necessarily WWE. But uh, we had the Hall of Famer, Brett the Hitman Hart, come down to present uh, the brand new AEW title. And, of course, Hangman Adam Page, who is one of the number one contenders now from winning the Casino Battle Royale, he comes down. And then we have uh, MJF, the little prick. Um, <laughs> um, he comes down and man, see, here's, here's the difference. You can tell who is scripted and who is not. It, his promo was not scripted. Yeah. You can tell that that was like all him. Yeah. It was pure, which was refreshing. Yes. It Very was. So. And he, uh, you know, I, I'll say though, he is good at being MJF, is he not? He is. I mean, uh, yeah, as you said, a little prick. Uh, <laughs> he, he's just God. He's so good at making me not like him. Yeah. So uh, that, that, that's perfect. Apparent. So yeah, um, he, he lives that gimmick, and and and, and more power to him. Um, I will say that it was a little confusing seeing Jimmy Havoc and Jungle Boy come down there. Yeah. I think that was because of, I guess, what he did in the Battle Royale, I guess. I'm not really sure. You Probably know, but was. Yeah, so they, they take him out and everything like that. Um, and then Bret Hart shows the AEW title, and man, did it get a reaction. Yeah, what got an even more reaction was when Bret Hart was leaving the ring to go back into the entranceway. You didn't see this on the pay-per-view. Right, but yeah, but we, we heard about it. He mm-hmm. took a nasty spill. Yeah. He, he just he took a little spill. He tripped or something like that. He didn't go out the way that he was supposed to or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he, he misstepped where he was supposed to walk up, where he misstepped and fell off the stage. You know, DDP almost did that with Brandy. You know, he yeah. was ro- walking with her. He almost walked off, and then he got his footing, and so he was able to go. That could have been bad. See, you this know? is the thing. And if you go back to when WWF had the invasion, and they did the same kind of setup mm-hmm. with the dual entrances, uh, a lot of the wrestlers almost fell off because they're so used to just walking straight out. Right. And, you know, it's a little different when you have that angle to come from. So I'm not surprised by that. But then you mentioned DDP. We didn't even talk about DDP being out there. So that was another surprise. Yes, uh, it was. Night. It was, but it was great. I yeah. love seeing him. I mean, God, he's DDP. Yeah, he yeah. is. Mr. DDP Yoga. Yeah, and has been very successful. I watched his documentary the other day, actually. Um, it was, you know, Positively... Um, Positively Page? Is that what it, I thought it was called something else, like, because that was his book, you know, Positively Page. But, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, it, it was something like that. But, um, yeah, I watched that, man, and I was just like, damn. You know, his, his story is so, you know, different in, in the world of wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, like... He started in the ring when he was 35. Yeah. Now, of course, he had been in the business and everything, but he had never been in the ring like that. He he started training at 35, and by the time he was 42, he was world heavyweight champion in WCW. Yep. That, and that just goes to show and you. And now man. he's rehabilitating old wrestlers, so that says a lot. 
He is generally a good person. He is. You can generally tell. So, hey, DDP, if you're listening to this, I know you're local to Georgia. We'd love to have you on the program as well. Oh, my God. I would relish at that. If he does not think, though, that I'm going to ask him a bunch of WCW Mark questions, you have no idea. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah. Uh, So, we move on, though, from all of that, and then we go on to the tag yeah, the uh, as as I'm, sh- you know, Jim Cornette would probably call it the spot fest. <laughs> but we've got the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers, and just oh my the, god, the, the Triple A uh, tag team champions. Yes, it was for the Triple A tag team champions, and it was such a good story too. Mm-hmm. Like the like the Lucha Bros come in to AEW press conference in Vegas, drop the young bucks on their head and everything mm-hmm. like that. And it was just like, Oh, you know what guys, you woke us up. So the bucks go into their house and take their championships. Like, yep. Holy shit. That's, that was so dope. That's huge. But then we get this awesome. I mean, just, Oh my God. I can't, I can't think of how to do these moves, let alone have the ability to perform them. Or even call them for that matter. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, how the fuck? Like, there was one time where Ray Phoenix did like a triple jump and Hurricane Rana, one of the uh, Young Bucks, back into the ring. I just went, yeah. what? Like, like there were moments where you almost look at these guys and go, wait a minute, they can't be human. We've said that about a bunch of guys on this program. And, and these four men, they cannot be fucking physically human. Half the stuff they're doing. And they're, here's the thing for anyone that says – sorry, I didn't mean to – That's fine. Go ahead. But, but, you know, anyone that says that the Young Bucks are just a bunch of spot fest monkeys and don't tell stories have clearly not seen a lot of their matches. Because if you look at this match, this match told a story. It did. It told us – it tells a story, though, in a different way. See, what they do of what a lot of people don't do is they put their spots and everything, but they put them in the story use. Mm-hmm. Now. Like, you know, whereas when they started, they just did a bunch of spots and everything like that. But if you look at the story of this matchup, it was, are the Young Bucks, you know, rusty? Because they haven't really been in the ring that much. Exactly. And are they good enough to perform at the level of, say, a luchador? And, well, that's what, that was the thing. During the matchup, you saw they had miscues and everything like that. So... You know, that, that that just goes to show you that there's more to them and everything yeah. like that. I think their best story, though, by far, if I could for a minute, was the one in, in, with Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Yeah, I'll agree I, with that. I beat just the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. That was just, oh, my God, it was beautiful. But this matchup is just, oh, my God, amazing from start to finish. But the Young Bucks retain um, the AAA Tag Team Champions. So we'll keep our eyes on, on where that goes and everything like that. Then we come to the main event. The GOAT, Jericho, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. This matchup, I don't care if anyone disagrees or, or agrees with me. This matchup to me was better than their one in New Japan. It, I honestly have to go ahead and agree with that. because, And here's the reason why. The New Japan one was no disqualification. So meaning you could do anything. 
it's more creative when you when you are limited. Mm-hmm. And here they're limited. Um, I did though, however, love the spot with the table. Yeah, I was like, that was so cool. Um, Kenny Omega, he just has an outside the box way of thinking, does he not? He does, and and it shows in every matchup he's been in, and it showed here. Right. Uh, a lot of the stuff that happened in this matchup was, you know, it. The table spot itself was just. You know, I would never have thought of something like that in a matchup, honestly. Nope. So nope. that was really outside of the box. And, and there was some points where I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that that happened. And yeah. I was just – these two I, in general, yes. this was the perfect choice for the main event. They yes. tore the house down. Uh, they, they, they wasn't up the same level as, say, Cody and Dustin, but they were there close to it. They told their own story in their own way, and the matchup was. And you know what? And you know what? If anyone, you know, when when you have a match like Cody and Dustin, where where it steals the show like that, pretty much, you know, it pretty much that's the best matchup on the card so far. What you, the only way that you can go out and try to top something is you do your own thing. You don't try to do a bunch of moves or anything like that that, that, that were in that matchup. You do your own thing. Mm-hmm. You get your own story over. That gets the fans invested. But, but to its credit, this was a four-hour event. Yeah. Technically, if you include the buy-in, I guess it's seven hours or something. Well, maybe mm, four and a half. Yeah, four and a half hours. Yeah. It didn't feel like that. No. It really didn't. In fact, it felt like I could have watched more. To be quite, to be quite honest, you know, but just this matchup, just oh my god, I loved it. And Kenny Omega showed once again like why he's one of my favorites. But here's something I'm tired of people saying is that he's too goofy, like he looks like the Ultimate Warrior sailing or or something like that. I'm just going, what? Really? Then you just don't get his character. Exactly. You just don't get it. That, that's just that, that's just all it is. But I love him. I he he could cut a promo like no other. His character is like no other. Like his character, I keep telling everyone, his character is to resemble a Japanese animated character. Exactly. Now his character is based off of like a specific anime character or a game, something like that. But that's legit the way that he acts when he when he does interviews. You know, he'll be talking very normal, and then he'll be the talking like this. You know, like. That that that's what Japanese animes do. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what he's doing basically, um, and I loved it. And uh, you know, but Jericho pulls out the victory. I don't know. I just I thought for some reason I thought Kenny Omega is going to do this because the number one contendership's on the line, but it didn't happen. So Jericho is going to face Hangman Page, um, and we'll talk about that uh, in a minute. But then Jericho grabs the mic, right? Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's like it's like watching the Avengers movie. It's like it's over, but you know there's something else left here after the credits. So Jericho grabs the mic, and he's just like, first of all, uh, you know, b- before I go to that, I want to make mention of the fact that Jericho truly is the GOAT because everything that he did in this matchup 
No one else did the entire night. Nope. He even like like when he took it out and and you know that they messed up on bells and and stuff like that. He went out there and he played with the bell and everything like that. Like he played with everything because he realized, hey, no one's done this. I can do this in this matchup. Jericho, man, just he's got a mind for the business. He really does. Like like just listen to his interviews mm-hmm. about it. Like it's I've never heard anyone talk like that. To be quite honest, I I really haven't. So. It's fascinating, but he grabs the mic, he cuts an amazing promo, and he says, and I I said, I demand a thank you, and the crowd's going nuts, what the hell is going on, and then down from the center of the aisleway, John fucking Moxley, who I believe, Chris, (laughs) I believe someone on this program, not me, said that this was a work by WWE. I did say that. Uh-huh. I did say that, that, that the whole uh, Dean Ambrose leaving was a big work with WWE. Uh-huh. That he was setting it up to where he could come back, and uh, if he got a big reaction, then he would pretty much get to have... Uh, well, he got a big reaction. Uh, he got a big reaction, <laughs> all right. I mean, even I fucking popped. Yeah, he um, did. It, it, I mean, here's the thing. It took me all the way back to when Scott Hall walked down on that Monday Nitro back in 19, was it 95? Uh, no, 96. 96. Uh, my years are mixed up on that. I was May, back then. 96. Yeah. And it took me back to that moment because that moment was pivotal in professional wrestling at that yes. point. The, t- the tides turned at that point. Yes. This is what it did here, too. Because the last time we saw John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, was on the Shield send-off special event on uh, WWE Network. Yes. And I'm pretty sure as soon as, you know, Trips and Steph and Vince saw that, they probably shit themselves. (laughs) Because the screw busting open the throne, (coughs) this was the one that really cracked the foundation of the WWE. Oh, yeah. Because one of their biggest stars... Just walked down the aisle and stepped foot inside of an AEW ring. Yes, he did, and uh, and he made a huge impact. No and pun he, intended. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, and he did the dirty deeds. I mean, I don't know if that's what what they're calling it now or anything. But if anyone is just like, well, he just used his WWE finisher. No, let me explain something to y'all. Go and watch his CZW stuff because that was one of his finishers. He's been doing that for years, and you can actually tell he was having a blast doing this. Oh, God, yes. Well, he, he, you know, he did it to Jericho. Then the referee gets in, Paul Turner, and he he does it to him and everything like that. And, you know, he, he does the, oh, smell the fresh air, you know, kind of thing, and and then he goes to pick up Kenny, right? And I'm, and you know, you're thinking, all right, he's about to lay everyone out, and then the show's gonna go off and everything like that. And then Kenny pushes him outside. They fall out, and then they start brawling. The crowd goes even more crazy, and then they and and, and they start brawling around the arena. And I'm going, oh my god, we're getting an extra brawl out of this, like. I lost my shit during all this. Like, I just, I was speechless. I was amazed. I was just like, oh, my God, yes, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, they they kept brawling. Then they went over to the poker chips, and he gives them the double-arm DDT on top of that. 
And then he gives him the fireman's carry, which I get. I guess he was kind of doing the fu. I guess so. He gave he gave him the fu off of the thing, and that's how we ended it with him doing that. And I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, oh. And I and I and I legit I legit you know went on face I was like I was I was like wrestling seriously just changed forever, like like this yeah. night just and the reaction across the board, like I've I have not heard an event talk this good in a long time. It's, I mean everyone was talking about it's it. Google search pings are up, uh, social media tags are up. Uh, everybody's talking AEW. And 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 here was the thing, man. You know, people can say JR's getting old and maybe he lost his place a couple of times d- during this program. But when he did that, when the Dustin and Cody match and the Jericho and Omega and the Moxley rundown, if JR had not been in that position, you'd have never felt it like that. Because oh my God, he he is still the greatest of all time. He I don't was give a the shit. one when Moxley came down. He's like, what the what the oh what the what the hell? <laughs> the roof just came off. Yeah. Like John Moxley. I don't think he's here to say thank you. No yeah. emotion. The <laughs> no whole emotion fucking, fucking night. <laughs> oh my God. And then, and, then, and, then, and then here was the thing, right? Like, like during the, I love Jr. during the the Cody and Dustin match. He was just like, he was like, yeah, uh, I'm not crying, folks. I, I have allergies. <laughs> That's good old Jr. And then there's Excalibur. Like, try, I don't know if I can take this serious, but he was trying to like pull his mask, and he was trying to like get the tears out of his mask or some shit. And Alex Marvez was just. Was bland as usual, and uh, <laughs> so second shot at him. Yeah, um, it was, it, dude. Just I have not felt this good after watching it. You know, there were a lot of people that were complaining about the price of the pay per view before him, which I'm sitting there going, "That's funny," because you had no problem five years ago fucking paying this for the shitty ass pay per views that were that they were putting on. So. Yeah. And they were doing it every single fucking, you know, four weeks. No, not even four weeks. They were doing it every three weeks at mm-hmm. the time. So they were, you know, it was double. So, but, you know, a but AEW has this one show and everybody's like, oh, that's, that's too expensive. I'm like, really? Well, first of all, they don't do the pay-per-view price. The pay-per-view companies do. So you don't get that option, you know? Yeah. And secondly, the buy rates were still pretty fucking. Oh, high. the buy rates were huge from what everyone was uh, estimating. And then on top of that, um, there were so many people saying, um, "Yeah, this was worth the fifty bucks." Like, and I felt that way. I was just like, "I did, did I pay fifty bucks? I felt like I paid twenty five dollars. Like, I didn't. I felt like I didn't pay enough. I was just like, holy shit! Like, if you were to Set up the perfect, you know, liftoff, the perfect launch of your company. It would be this. Yeah. I mean, you you got you got a sense of what AEW was. You got a sense of what you were going to see from it and everything like that. And you also got the notion of you could expect the unexpected because there's always going to be a surprise around every corner. Yes. 
And we're living in that era. Even with all of the so-called dirt sheet writers and with all of the, you know, IWC and with, with all of this shit, th- there are still surprises. Yeah, because nobody knew Awesome Kong was going to All Elite. No, nobody no knew that, that. The, that John Moxley. There was Every, speculation. There was speculation. But they all was that was it. Speculation. It was still a shock when he came in. Yes. So it made it perfect was. sense. And anyone who doesn't think that he's a big star might want to go back and look at that reaction. Yeah. And nobody knew Bret Hart was going to debut the title. No. I mean, how big of a slap to the face is that? Bret Hart's synonymous with WWE as well as WCW. Well, you know. Um, but, you know, to have him introduce the title means and And uh, from this, of course, you know, everyone is wondering what's next for AEW, of course. They've got that fight for the fallen, which is going to be uh, the brothers versus brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be in Jacksonville, Florida. There's one in July. I know that um, – Fight Fest, I think is what it's yeah. called. And I don't know how big that is or anything like that. I don't know, though, if these are pay-per-views because they don't feel like it. They feel more like house shows for some reason. What it is, the, these are just like like WWE would have their little in-betweens between their big events. That's basically what these are. And they're basically to help set up for what you can expect more from AEW and right. to give the rest of the talent roster of a chance course. to shine. Of course, of course. But then... You do have what's going to be the big one. They're headed back to Chicago, where it all began. And they're calling it, and instead of it all in, it's all out. And it might as well be called that, because if you look at the two main events now that have been announced for this, I, well, I'm assuming they're the two main events. They're definitely two matches that have been announced for this. All right? First of all, Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho for the AEW title. One of those two men is going to be the first ever AEW champion. Yep. So that's going to be huge. That's going to be amazing. It is. For one thing. But if you just want to get, you know, everyone excited, if you just want to have a matchup where you probably your jaw is going to drop, how about book this one? John Moxley versus Kenny fucking Omega. And this is amazing with this matchup because these two guys are the most animated wrestlers Ever to date in the business. Yes. So 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 think about that for a second, right? Imagine the shit that they are going to come up with. Mm-hmm. You've got Moxley who just thinks on the fly. He does not go over shit like that. Nope. He just fucking does shit out there. And you've got Kenny who is out of his mind with ideas. It's just, oh my god. Like, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be an intense ride. And, 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 and those are just the first two matches announced for the Chicago event. I guarantee you that Chicago event will sell out again. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing. That's that's all before they debut on TNT. Yes, that is. I was just about to say that. That's all before they go live on TNT, which Cody Rhodes has, has confirmed that it will be two hours and it will be live. It will be a live weekly two-hour show. So, yeah, I just, I, I couldn't be more excited, man. Like, 
I mean, the wrestling business has been needing this for so long. It's a shot in the arm for professional wrestling, and yes. it brings back what we missed so much during the late 90s yes. into the early 2000s. It's something that is needed. It's something that has been wanted, and yes. now we're getting it. Oh, my God. It, it, it has. But, you know, like, like, like I keep, you know, saying, what I hope is that, you know, AEW doesn't just steal everyone and everything like that. And that none of the other promotions get hurt out of this, like yeah. like like Ring of Honor, for instance. You know, you know, I I just I'm sorry. I love my ROH. Mm-hmm. I, I I believe that they have been like one of the true little engines that could, and they've made it so far. And I I want to see them get to arena status. Yeah, and speaking of, don't they have an event coming up soon? Yes, they do, and I am very excited about it. It's actually this weekend. It's called State of the Art. They're doing, um, they're doing a TV taping as well. So I'm 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 you know trying to remember like all of what is going on on that one. But yeah, um, it's called State of the Art, and one of the matches for this one, I can't wait for this because it's. The world, it's the ROH world champion, uh, Matt Taven. I'm Matt Taven. How long have you waited to do that during this podcast? About since we started. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and um, then it's Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, who looks like Finn Balor's illegitimate brother. <laughs> so, uh, but no, seriously, man, I'm I'm very much looking forward to like that main event. Like, yeah, I don't know. Have you seen Tracy Williams at all? I know I, I haven't had the chance to yet. Well, I know you've seen Matt Taven. I have seen Matt Taven. Yes. What do you think of Taven? Like, I mean, overall, he's a great wrestler. I, I'm very entertained by everything he does in the ring, and. Um, you know, he, I feel he is, you know, perfect for the ROH champion at the moment. Well, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's going to be him. Um, and then and then we've got Jay Lethal and Kenny King. That is going to be a matchup for the yes. ages. Yes, it uh, is. Kenny King, you know, one of the most underrated guys I've ever seen in professional wrestling. And Jay Lethal just, oh, my God. Since Jay Lethal's came into ROH, he's coming to his own. And it's just one of the best overall well-rounded talents I've seen in a long time in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I I, I agree completely. And then we've got a four-corner survival match. Are you ready for this? Dalton Castle. Wow. PJ Black. (laughs) Roosh. And then Mr. Flip. Gordon. Spot Fest 2019. <laughs> uh, quite possibly. I don't know. I mean, Jesus, I, you said it's a four corner survival match? That's what I said. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Get the Advil ready. Yeah. Because half for the real. stuff they're going to do is going to give them a headache, but it's going to make you feel the pain as well because you're going to be like, oh my God, what the. Seriously. Yeah, I know, man. It's 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 insane. And then um, we've also got um, and these are and, and these matches are not necessarily in order. And remember, they've also got TV tapings as well. Yeah. But you're also gonna see uh, PJ Black versus Jeff Cobb. Mm. That's gonna be amazing. It is. Um, and oh, 
This is a rematch of epic proportions. ROH Legends face off in Portland. It will be Jay Lethal versus Jay Briscoe. That one is going to be yes. a fucking amazing. Remember yes, the, I said a fucking amazing. Yes, remember. Good, good job, uh, Blake. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> then we're not talking about sports. This isn't Chatter City. This is SWN, and we're talking about wrestling. Yeah. So. Uh, but then also you've got Mark Briscoe versus Josh Woods. Josh Woods is uh, one of those MMA fighters yeah. uh, that's come into wrestling mm-hmm. now. So There's a lot of that happening now. It, it it is, and I mean, oh, but this one is the one that's actually happening at State of the Art, which is taking place on um, in Kennesaw. No, not Kennesaw. Um, okay, you're saying uh, he's right. Yeah, well, wherever it is. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the state-of-the-art pay-per-view that's happening on Saturday night, right? Uh, this matchup is happening on that. This is on, on the pay-per-view itself. but and, and if you're an Honor Club member, you get it for free. So, Still, I'll uh, be watching it free of charge absolutely. while spending his money on pizza and Pepsi's or something. Absolutely. Maybe yep. something else. But Maybe something yeah, else. Yes. Anyways. Uh, but this one I am <laughs> Yeah, right. But <laughs> I am uh, I am very much looking forward to this one. It is Jay Briscoe versus PCO. Really? PCO? Yes. yes. Imagine the shit that those two are Ooh. going to do to each other. I can see the next time I see you, your receding hairline will be more receded. <laughs> from that match alone. <laughs> Honestly. That is going to probably cause Stovall to sit there, scream up and down, and rip his hair out. He's going to be so excited. <laughs> because he loves him some PCO. And he loves him some J. Hey, screw Triple H's entrance. The best entrance at WrestleMania was fucking PCO's entrance. Tell me I'm wrong. Go and look at it on, on Supercard of Honor and tell me I'm wrong. I didn't say anything against it. Okay. <laughs> Better not, motherfucker. Anyways. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but. No, not. <laughs> true. Anyways. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, then you also have Mark Briscoe faces Colt Cabana for the NWA national title. Remember, Colt Cabana just won the NWA national title mm-hmm. uh, at the Crockett Cup. He did. So he is going to put it on the line against Mark Briscoe. Wow. So the Briscoes are going to be in the house, but they're going to be in singles competition. So, That's my thing about the Briscoes, man. You can literally do whatever you want with this tag team. You can have them be singles. You can have them be a tag team. But you can literally use them. All yeah, they're you. utilized any way, shape, or form. It's perfect. And they're literally like some of the best characters. I mean. Yeah, I love just, their gimmicks. It's yeah. just they're, they're amazing, but dude, this is going to be an awesome event. Um, you know, th- there's so much more that that's going to take place there. But I, like I said, I've been a Ring of Honor fan for a long time, and you know, everyone's talking about AEW, but hey, let's show ROH some love too. You know, yeah. and New Japan's got uh, the um, Dominion coming up soon, so we're going to have to cover that as mm-hmm. well. MLW's doing things as well. They are. A lot of stuff going on in the world of pro wrestling, and that is why I am so fucking excited 
for everything because we need this because what I saw on Monday Night Raw just you have oh. this 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 amazing event on Saturday and you have a, a, an extra day you have an extra day to fucking respond and put on the best possible raw you could and what do we get? We get from Brock Lesnar coming out there dancing like a fucking moron. Like, oh my god! I just at this point, uh, I, I think that uh, you know, Sugar Dunkerton made it best that the, the best the best thing that Brock Lesnar's given to us is Brock Lesnar creates a fucking meme every time he shows up. Yeah. <laughs> I we got Suplex I'll... City Lesnar. We have Boombox Lesnar when he held the fucking money in the bank briefcase. Now we have We have Laughing Lesnar. Laughing Lesnar. Now we have Breakdancing <laughs> Lesnar. What the fuck, Brock? Is this your way of trying to be more entertaining instead of being serious for a minute? Well, You're not Lance Storm. <laughs> Don't fucking dance down the damn ramp I will like a fucking this, dumbass. I will say this, though. Paul Heyman on air guitar. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm seeing like an invisible meme of them doing this shit. And then I'm seeing like a bunch of like like people like, put music over put it. Music and over it. Oh then you got god. the bruh. <laughs> Seriously. Or the or the black cat with the open mouth. Just straight up. What the hell? It's just All he's missing was the hose behind him and the But a fucking cane with him and a pimp hat. We have Pimp Lesnar now, yeah. and all his hoes are fucking muscle-bound women from the... <laughs> but then, but then after that, we get the WCW... Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. The WWE 24-7 title. And uh, I'm going to do that again, I bet, eventually in this program. Probably. <laughs> Because but, that's what it looks like. It looks like something that was booked years ago. It looks like WCW 2000, and I actually posted this on Facebook, right? I posted that WCW 2000 is so bad that it actually becomes entertaining after a while. That's, I'm not joking. And that's what WWE is right now. It's so <coughs> bad that we're just No, it is not entertaining. Well, it, it's that's, so it's so bad that we have to watch to see what are they going to fuck up next, honestly. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, dude, I'm, I'll be honest with you. When Lesnar ran down the ramp, right, I, like a lot of other people, were were just, you know what? I'm done, WWE. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. done. Like, I'm tired of seeing this same shit, you know? Like, I'm just, I'm tired of it. Mm -hmm. And I want to see something different. And, well... We're gonna get different, you know, maybe. But let's 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 look at WWE's uh, response to, I guess, AEW. I'm not sure if this is necessarily a response, if this was supposed to happen or whatnot. But let's let, let's just you know talk about it. Sami Zayn um, was involved in this segment, right? And he mentioned AEW. First of all, this segment. What the fuck? It was called the electric chair. The electric chair. What? <laughs> it could have been called the hot. It's seat. like DDP's old gimmick. Hey, something like this is not working, so let me add to it. Like, good God, let me. Like, WWE just wants to add everything 
possible except the one thing that everyone wants. Wrestling. Exactly. But he mentions AEW, right? Um, and I'll be honest, I haven't looked at the segment. I, I didn't see it. I don't watch Raw. I, I, got, was, I was busy watching the Stanley Cup Finals. I got to see it before WWE officially removed it off the replays of Raw. Okay. Um, the Electric Chair segment is hosted by Corey Graves. Okay. Corey oh, Graves wow. is, is one of the best, you know, speakers in wrestling as far as like WWE. He should be elsewhere. His talent should be utilized elsewhere. He's that good on the mic. Um, Actually, I agree. Um, but he's, he's doing this segment, and basically what it is is it allows the fans to ask any question to the superstar that they want. And the, like I said, like you said, Electric Chair was a dumb name. It could have been called The Hot Seed. It could have been called uh, On Point or something like that. Or we could have just not had the segment. A bingo. So he starts asking all these questions. That was my whole point, actually. It wasn't that that the name was stupid. It was the fact that the segment is stupid. What the fuck? He starts asking these questions, and you know fans ain't asked these questions. And at at a point, it looks like Sammy gets frustrated, and he goes, y'all could have asked me anything. You could have even asked me about AEW. Right? And that's when the fans popped. And all night long during Raw, the fans were chanting AEW. Are they? Were were, were they doing that? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So here's the story that's coming from this is there's a lot of people that are telling um, like like Meltzer and other people on on the, on the dark sheet and wrestling news that this was scripted for Raw for him to say AEW, but now it's coming out that oh we never scripted that we never told Sami Zayn to say that and Vince is furious that he said it so we removed it from all the replays of Raw. And what I like about this is uh, the Young Bucks actually posted, in response, a few minutes later, a picture of him when he was El Generico on Being the Elite. (laughs) Didn't have to say a word. Just posted the picture. (laughs) So, of course. Of course they would do something like that. Wow. But if if that is WWE's way of responding. That is a weak-ass response. That is weak as shit. That was a weak ass response, but I mean, okay. I mean, it already came out on the dirt sheets that Stephanie McMahon, before Money in the Bank, had the big uh, meeting, and they were talking about yeah, know, but I don't, I don't know, how, I don't know if I trust that. But I mean, if you did mention AEW to your staff that you're uh, in competition with them, along with every other programming on television, it is said though, you know that. About 30 employees from WWE, including Triple H, Steph, and Vince, watched Double or Nothing. Which says a lot, because that means they had to buy it. Yeah, it, right? Isn't, isn't that funny? So, I mean, Jesus, like, it, it's 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 a very interesting time. It, here's my thing. WWE, you're already the fucking top of this industry. Why do you have to have the monopoly on? Mm-hmm. Why can't you just let, you know, this competition happen? Because you clearly need it. Yeah. You were at your best when you were losing to WCW in the mid-90s. Yeah. It made you restructure and rethink. You need that again to be entertaining, to for us to look at you as a viable product again. Because yeah. right now you're not viable for shit. 
I mean, it really isn't like the, the literally fans have, you know, I, I've always said fans are too harsh at, at times and, and everything like that. And, and it's true. I agree. I mean, even some comments for AEW, I was like, what? Anyway, but, you know, here's the thing. Fans legit have been pissed at you, WWE, because, you. I mean, the Raws have been terrible. They've legit been unwatchable. It, 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 it's it's awful. And then your pay-per-views are nothing special. No. You, the only one that has been special is WrestleMania. And that's because it's done in a stadium. And that's because it's WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But as far as anything else is, nothing has felt special. Nothing has felt different. No, even nothing SmackDown is starting to get to a point where it's lackluster. Yeah, it is. Because you've got that stupid wild card rule that doesn't make any fucking sense in the first place. Why the fuck do we even have... And now... All of those motherfuckers could be on anything with this 24-7 title. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had guys in the Cruiserweight division. You had NXT. You had everyone. I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, this is just too confusing. It's like watching the New Blood versus the Millionaire's Club, for God fucking sake. <laughs> and speaking of that moron, okay? <laughs> speaking of him. I knew this was coming. All right? Dumbass fuck sends out a tweet that says... Bro, this is too much evidence to the contrary. I'm surprised you fucking know what that means, you fucking hit. He he says, he says, AEW and WWE are in bed together. They are in cahoots. They, they it, it, It's all a fucking swerve, isn't it, bro? What? So, so, so let me get this straight. WWE has purposely been putting on bad shows. AE, like, they've been purposely drawing their fans somewhere else. They've been been allowing this. Yeah, it's got to be. Bro, bro, it's a fucking swerve, you fucking. You are such a fucking idiot. You know that? It's a fucking fucking swerve, Chris. You, I fucking love you, but shut the fuck up, you fucking mock. Every time. You fucking, listen here, alright? It's, it's, it's all about the swerve, first of all. Let me get that out of there. And second of all, WWE is in cahoots with AEW. In fact, they're not only in cahoots with AEW, they're in cahoots with everybody. They Everyone. legit own this business it's like the fucking sopranos or it's like the godfather vince mcmahon is fucking scarface right now right he fucking has everybody by the fucking tits and he's fucking squeezing and everything like that and everyone is loving it and so yeah he owns he owns everybody he owns roh he owns everyone it's just too much evidence to the fucking contrary he don't own me you motherfucker oh no no chris no you can this did not happen. Shut the, the fuck mother- up, Dickens. Let me do my thing real quick. Hi, Jim. How's it going? Oh, it's going fucking great. Wrestling business is booming, and this dumb fuck saying WWE owns every fucking body. Jim, shut the fuck up, okay? You do not fucking. I am a goddamn writer. Okay? Yeah, what are you writing? I write? fucking know what A B C D E F fucking G. You don't know shit. You don't know fucking shit either. So you're you saying Vince McMahon's in cahoots with AEW, he's in cahoots with every fucking body, right? 
Yes. He owns everybody. Yes, Jim. So he owns you too. I'm law and order. No, and you're, you're not. fucking Magnum P.I. and nobody fucking cares about you, okay? That's why Magnum P.I. is fucking remembered and law and order is still on NBC and was fucking watching it. Law Actually, it's on USA Network. And everyone fucking fuck? watches it. It's also on Bounce now, you fucking You know what? Moron. You're in Miami Ice T sitting there talking about fuck the police and then he goes and interviews for a fucking audition for a fucking police officer. You're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking has-been and you're fucking backwards. Jim, they fucking put my shows up on the network. You know why? Because they fucking recognize greatness when they, they see it. They put your okay? shows up on the network to remind people how much of shit it was. You, you know what? I don't have to fucking take you know, this. WWE, fucking WWE had the fucking golden era. Then they had the attitude era. Then they had the uh, ruthless aggression oh, era. God, WCW. You know what WCW had when you was there? It was called the fucking lactose intolerant era. Because why? Every time anybody watched it, they had to fucking shit. Because that's all it was was shit. I never thought of that. I, I lactose and tough. Shut the fuck up, Dickens. <laughs> oh God, what the fuck? Every time I watch your match, I get hey, hey, you know what? You are too fucking hard on Dickens. You know what? Why don't you? What, I'm only hard on Dickens. Why don't, last why don't I put all? Name? Why don't I put all this fucking evidence in a fucking box and then maybe you'll? And maybe are you gonna it hang it from the fucking rope in the corner out. of a ring and then it's gonna fall out before anybody gets how to about it? Maybe, how about maybe? Well, I I King put King it, how about I put it up on a fucking scaffold and it falls right on top of you? Maybe then you can save your fucking. Oh, leg, you, fucking you know what? If you hit. want this to grow, why don't you just put it in a Viagra on a polo match like you did before? You know what, Jim? Why don't you go and try to make this? Th why don't you try to make something smoky and then it fucking fails? You know what? Why don't you go and fucking play around with TNA? Oh wait, you can't because it doesn't fucking exist. Why? Because you got it fucking kicked off a network. You know what, Jim? I, I I would give you the Ring of Honor, but you got fucking fired from that as well. So you, you know, know what? what? I, I would, don't fucking have. I would give you, you time on a podcast, but guess what? You don't even have a fucking shit. podcast I'm anymore. Goddamn single time. Oh my god. It started off so good. It was so good. It was so good. When did fucking Russo come in? I don't know, man. And how did... We, we started talking about him and it's like he's like a genie. If you just start talking about him, you say his name twice, he disappears. <laughs> it looked like Cornette fell from the ceiling. Like Cassie you Cage in Mortal Kombat 11. You times, he'll appear in, your, in the mirror whipping out your spine. <laughs> Without your spine or, or taking away your shine, one or the other. I don't know, but how the fuck did Jim Cornette? Okay, I can't. I can't anyway, can't we this. just gotta get this. We will have to. We will have to fucking worry about that. But yeah, okay, I can't do this anymore. We've got a very special guest still to come on this episode of the SWN. That's it. We're done talking about what's been going on with AEW, WWE, and of course ROH. Remember, ROH state of the art this weekend. Um, which actually it happened last night as this airs. So yeah, just go on, <laughs> just go on Honor Club and <coughs> watch it. Yeah, he got choked up over it, folks. He's not excited about this event. Yes, absolutely. That's why I got choked up. Anyways, yeah, but very special guest still to come, as promised. Jacob Ryan is still to come, but 
On the other side, we're going to talk about what's going on here in the CSRA and local independent. Don't go away. It's the Stoball Wrestling Network, SWN. What better way to kick off the summer than with John Davis versus Drew Adler? And if the summer wasn't hot enough already, it heats up even more with the International Superstars versus the Lynch Mob. The first of two huge main events, BBW champion Darius Lockhart defends against a member of the Hart Dynasty, Brian Pillman Jr. Get your tickets now at bbw.ticketbud.com. Tickets start at just $11. Can the Sweetwater Gym in Thompson, Georgia contain all this action? Also in the second main event, Sean Legacy and Owen Knight square off for the Outbreak Championship. See all this and much more on June 8th at Viral Pro Wrestling Outbreak. You are listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network on TNB Studios. All right, we are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, and it's time now to take a look at what's going on around here in the CSRA and even in the South Carolina area, mm-hmm. actually. And we just had one a couple of weeks ago with IWE, right? Intense Wrestling Entertainment when they presented Undisputed up in uh, the Graniteville, South Carolina area. Yeah, right around the Aiken area. Yeah, Aiken right around the Aiken area, basically. And this time, they're bringing it on the road. They're bringing it here to Augusta, Georgia. And they're going to partner up with Bushida for war. Yeah. That's right, war. And uh, if you look at the poster and everything like that, you know, you see Lindsey Snow is going to be there. I think Shannon Moore is going to be there as mm-hmm. well. Um, and this is all going to, to be taking place at the American Legion. That's a hotbed yeah, right now. It really is. And if you're listening to this right now, we're talking about it. It took place yesterday, but we're recording this yeah. on a Tuesday night. So we're, we're promoting it, but we will be discussing the results from it next week. Yes. And uh, one of the matches I am very much looking forward to uh, when I go there uh, is Anthony Henry versus, are you ready for this? Sean Legacy, friend of the show. Yep, and we actually talked about this last week on the program, and I did make the mention that Sean Legacy versus Anthony Henry, it's like looking in a mirror and seeing your past self. And we actually, a little while ago, while we were just kind of scrolling down Facebook, we saw a post by none other than T-Money himself, uh, and it was Anthony Henry, uh, one of the Bushido champions, basically. Talking, well, no, he doesn't well, really he, have. No. He doesn't have a championship. He was a winner. He, of he was Bushido a winner of the Bushido tournament, which makes him, you know, but he's giving a message to Sean Legacy, and he made mention that he remembers seeing Legacy in the front row, and he remembers Legacy coming up to his merchandise stand and and saying, "I want to be just like you one day and get in the ring and become a performer and maybe work you one day." Well, that time is now, you know, and he went on to say that. Everybody's going to say it's going to be a five-star match. And he goes, no, it's going to be a five-star beatdown. Yes. Anthony Henry says that 
Sean Legacy, you're fucked. <laughs> Basically, it, it, but it was bleeped out, but you got the just. And yeah. wow. Dude, I got to say, man, and, and Anthony knows this, right? When, when he was in Flatline, his promos were brutal. Like, like it, 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 they yeah. were not the best. And, and he even knows that, right? Yeah, he does. But I got to say, man, this promo was awesome yeah. from Henry. This is Dude, one of the best promos I've ever seen from him. From, from a guy who, when I went in the flat line, and I was working with him closely when doing the Pulse, because this was the time when the Rapture was going on, and he was the leader of the Rapture. Yes. Yeah, his promos at best were subpar. And, you know, I, I got to work with him closely, uh, doing the Pulse, and, you know, we're setting up these promos and interviews and stuff. And I started to see, you know, his personality flip and everything started coming out a little bit better. And after time progressed, I, I mean, my God, Anthony Henry has taken his promo game to the next level. And this promo was straight up fire. Yes. This is what you watch to set up a freaking confrontation. This is the promo that gets your fire boiling and ready to rock. For a matchup that you're anticipating. Yes, absolutely. And I, I I cannot wait for this matchup. I will be there to witness this match. Because I've always wanted to see this match. Yep, and he will talk about it right here on SWN. I will, in great detail. And like we said, Sean Legacy is a friend of the show. Yeah, so. he is. And, and, and Sean Legacy has proven time and time again, as, as we've watched him grow over the course of these last few years, that he is the future of the business. Yes. He, he is. I think so, he proved that at the Garden City Classic. Yeah, he won the Garden City Classic. Yes. So, I mean, you're looking at the future, and then you're looking at what was, at one point, the future in the CSRA. He even made that clear, that he was, uh, he is the measuring stick. In CSRA wrestling, yeah, so he, he did. He, he said that uh, Anthony said that he was the measuring stick, and man, I, I gotta tell you, that's hard to argue with. No, him. It, there's no argument. I mean, even to though it. he's not here as much in Augusta, a lot of people like try to get on his level. Exactly, Anthony Henry went from being a local wrestling, you know, guy working around little areas. He's working uh, up in uh, Cornelia. Anarchy and, and doing APW and all these other little promotions. You know, he started his training, um, you know, long ago and just started working his way up. The last time we saw him was Flatline, and then he went to Viral Pro with you guys, and then, you know, off he went to Evolve, and then yes. he went to all these other places, all these other promotions. Well, well, really, where he made his name was PWX. He did. He built. He really built himself up in PWX. Yeah, they, they 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 really gave him the platform, and he took it and ran with. But he's not lying. He's an international superstar. He made that clear, and he is. He's already went overseas. He's already come back. He's already done his thing, and, and that's just it. Is and that he's still just getting started? And he's still just getting started. The guy's been on WWE television, although not in a wrestling capacity, but he's been on there. He's had his head shaved by CM Punk, and he's been dirty deeds by Dean Ambrose. Now, John Moxley. Yeah. So, who's to say we won't see this guy on AEW eventually? When, when I saw Henry on that SmackDown, I I legit marked the fuck out. Yeah. Like, I I was just like, oh my god, that's Henry! Like that was so cool seeing. Yeah, him but he that. he legitimately is the measuring stick in the CSRA. There's no denying that. 
So now with uh, Sean Legacy, he is becoming that new measuring stick. Right. And to go up against Anthony Henry in what is to be one of the biggest events in the CSRA when Bushido and IWE go head-to-head, it's going to tear the roof off the building. Yes, it will. Like It, it, it will definitely be the wor- uh, worth the price of admission, Yes, as they say. Um, there's lots of other stuff, though, that, too, that's going on uh, down there. It's, it's, it's Pro Wrestling's Bushida... And uh, IWE, Intense Wrestling Entertainment, be there as they go to war. That's right, war. And speaking of war, it can outbreak, right? It, it can break out any time. And speaking of outbreak, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a nice See segue. What I tried to you do tried that? to, and just like uh, a lot of things that go on in the wrestling business, you botched it. Uh, <laughs> Dave Meltzer gives it half a star. <laughs> Well, God and, damn it. and no Rainbow Road. You get uh, Chaco Island. I don't know. What the fuck are you talking? I'm making Mario Kart references. Kiss my ass. You are not making Mario Kart references. You're making. You know what? It's work. right up there with fucking David Arquette winning the WCW title. Okay, okay. that's exactly what it is. Okay, fair enough. Anyways, <laughs> but yes, viral pro wrestling, and that is happening this weekend. So that is happening this weekend, uh, this Saturday. June 8th mm-hmm. in Thompson, Georgia at the Sweetwater Gymnasium. They're back in Thompson, Georgia, and it is going to be amazing. Viral Pro Wrestling presents Outbreak and your main event that night. Your main event will be, well, it'll be a double main event. Yes. One, it will be the Outbreak champion, Sean Legacy. Wow, who'd have thunk it? And against... The working team captain, Owen Knight, for the Outbreak Championship. That's going to be huge. Yes, it is. Um, I'm such an Owen Knight fan, too. Yeah, you are. So this is going to be awesome. And and speaking of that, Owen Knight, we are going to be in the house. Yes. And we are going to have Owen Knight on the program. Yes, we are. We are. We're going to get an exclusive interview from the working team captain himself. We're going to get this work right here on the SWN. That's right. Yes. Uh, and then your other main event for this evening will also be the VPW heavyweight champion. Darius Lockhart, the revolutionary Darius Lockhart, is taking on, yes, you're hearing me correct, Brian Pillman Jr. MLW's Brian Pillman Jr. will be in the house. AEW's Brian Pillman Jr. Also AEW. He was in the AEW Battle Royal, and he he is all elite. So he will be there and... He says he's part of wrestling royalty, and he doesn't travel alone, so will there be some special guests in the house? Might be. We'll see. But you got to be there live to find out. Plus, also, you're also going to see the uh, international superstars, Blanco Loco and Joey Osborne with the Dream Girl Ellie, and they're going to be taking on, oh, I can't wait for this, the Lynch Mob. That's going to be huge. Yes, the Lynch Mob. Joey Lynch and his brother. That's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for it. There's so many other good stuff that's going to be happening. Effie will be in the house. Yes, the superstar, the, the weapon of sass destruction 
will be in the house as well. It's always a good time when Effie's out yeah, there. Yeah, it is. It really is. No, you know, no lie. So it's going to be great. I'm going to be calling all of the action on commentary and everything like that. So it's going to be amazing. Come say hi. Come come chill with us and just come and enjoy Viral Pro Wrestling uh, this weekend. And make sure, you know, you check out Bushida and IWE and everything else going around in the CSRA. But that is it for this segment. But on the next segment... We promised it for you. We're going to deliver it. He's here. He's in the house. He is Jacob Ryan. He'll be with us when we come back after word from these, from TNB Studios, I should say. Uh, yes, it is the Stovall Wrestling Network, SWN. Remember, Jacob Ryan on the other side. Hello, Internet. It's Chris Dickens. And have you ever considered going to a restaurant but wasn't sure about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their ease of access? Well, let me take the stress out of that by offering you the chance to listen to the newest podcast on TMB Studios called The Bite. On The Bite, yours truly goes to these restaurants in and around the nation and lets you know from my own firsthand experience about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their location's ease of access. And then you, the consumer, can make the decision on your own account listening for this podcast if the place is worth your time and your money. All you have to do is just tune in each and every Thursday night for brand new episodes of The Bite. It's worth the time, worth the patience, and ultimately, worth your sanity. Check out The Bite each and every Thursday night exclusively on TMB Studios. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TMB Studios. Welcome back to the Stovall Wrestling Network, everyone. Again, I'm Caleb Stovall, along with Chris Dickens here as always. And for this segment, we're going to have a superstar spotlight and we're going to bring in a very special guest that we told you about on last week's show. He is the one, he is the only, Jacob Ryan. Jacob, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful. It's so glad to actually finally have you on the program, and I must say, man, it's an honor and a pleasure to actually have you on the podcast. Well, pleasure's all mine, man. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, talking with you guys today, and I appreciate you guys just reaching out letting me be a part of it. Oh, no problem, man. So, um, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll talk uh, about certain things, you know, that everyone wants to hear about uh, in a bit. But I just want to, you know, ask you, uh, how'd you get started uh, in this business? How'd you come to uh, how'd you come to love professional wrestling? So my love for wrestling started when I was four years old. I'm originally from uh, a small town in Michigan, uh, Taylor. Uh, that's where I was born at. I only lived there a short time in my life, but my parents grew up there and were born there uh, themselves. Um, right around the age of four is when I really started getting into it. Like my dad watched uh, old WCW back in the day. Uh, right around, you know, right at right at the tail end of when WCW was really good. Um, <laughs> as a, so, like ninety eight, ninety seven. Yeah, like na- like na- like late ninety eight into ninety nine. Um, oh, okay. Yes, yeah, uh, almost before Vince Russo came along. 
I was about to say, if you say 2000s, I'm going to be like, no, nah, that was when WCW sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, see, as a kid, I look at that stuff and be like, you know, oh, man, it was, you know, so cool to me back then. But watching it now as I've been a part of the business, I'm like, oh, God, that is so, so bad. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> they just put up uh, like Thunders from 2000 up on the network finally. And I just... I had to see it for myself, and oh yep. god, it's just—it's awful. It's cringeworthy. You could, but 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 Mike Galino said it best. You could make a drinking game out of it. Oh, for sure. I mean, hell, I think the creative staff back then were all drunk anyway. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, you—you'd have to be to have to deal with Russo. I feel. So. Yeah, yeah. They were probably doing the drinking game too. How many run-ins are we gonna have in this episode of Thunder? <laughs> yeah, or how many times is Russo gonna say "bro"? Oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> they were drunk before the first thirty-minute commercial break. Yeah, no doubt. Please tell me we've we've locked the doors. By the way, Chris. Yeah, there, right? there's no Vince Russo on here tonight. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you, uh, thank you. And so just a t- just a touch, I I feel like everybody's kind of seen his little post today about AEW and WWE. Um. I really want to know what he's smoking and who his dealer is because I need some of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw that today and um, I, I touched on it uh, earlier, but uh, oh my God, that's just that, that is the most retarded thing I've ever yeah. heard, like, yeah. out of Risto's mouth. Yeah, and, and it's like, it's not even derogatory. It's like, you know, somebody with special needs or anything like that, you would never call somebody like that. But somebody who makes an asinine right. statement like he does, yeah, you're that's just pure retardedness. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So how did you like get in though to training for wrestling? So right at the I graduated from high school a little bit early, um, right around six months before my actual graduation. So I was just working and looking for a place to train. And uh, I stumbled across, uh, I can't even say stumbled. Um, I had somebody message me who thought I was somebody else by pure coincidence. Um, his name was uh, Phil Stamper. Uh, he messaged me and, you know, we got to talking a little bit. And he found out that I had a common interest in, you know, wanting to train for wrestling. And he was working with a company at the time called AIWF Mid-Atlantic, which is a, a small company up in Mount Airy. And he invited me to a show. I went up there. I was about eight. I was 18 at the time. Uh, went up there, met some of the workers up there, and just started coming, helping with security and everything like that. And I'd say around, uh, around my... Actually, you know, I wasn't even 18. I was 17 at the time. Uh, Just came and started hanging around. And by my 18th birthday, uh, my mom uh, signed the papers for me to begin training. And uh, I started I started training with those guys for free, uh, which, (laughs) (laughs) um, which now, you know, I wish they had like. The, school, the amount of schools that are around now, I wish were around like six, seven years ago, because I would definitely invest my money and go to a place like, you know, Paul Middle Wrestling Academy, you know, High Spots, 
or, you know, plenty of these other places that are starting to emerge and producing some great talent. But yes. those things just weren't around back then. So, and it wasn't thorough training that I received. It was literally just guys just beating me up for three, three four hours before the show. And uh, <laughs> that's kind uh, of that's kind of that sounds about right. I started reffing and like the, uh, you know, everything like that. But I mean, that's kind of how I got my start. What did you think of uh, uh, doing reffing? It was fun. I'm uh, not going to lie. Uh, I didn't appreciate how important the refs were until I actually got in there and started doing it myself. And like the referee is like, the almost the most important person to have in the match because you know could, guy could get injured or anything like that um help like the progress of a match and that third man is always important to have a part and always utilize because you never know what could happen like i said somebody could get hurt and you know communication we're literally like the phone line when it comes to wrestlers Yes, yeah. absolutely. And and our, our good buddy Antron Brewer down in WWE knows that all too well now. <laughs> oh yes. man, that's a good dude right there. Yeah, yeah. he is uh he is roughing now. In fact, <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, Jacob, but he was the guy that poked his head out of the ca- out of the car with R Truth from the uh WCW or yeah, I'm the, sorry, the WWE twenty four seven. Good lord, I messed yes, that up. Yes, yes, I did see that. I seen Brewer. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, down down here in the southeast, the whole internet pops when Brewer's on TV. <laughs> yeah, I funny story. I was actually there for his last night uh, before he went down to. Uh, florida and develop in the performance center oh wow where was uh that at again uh it was in hickory it was the night they had the main event was ethan case anthony henry against uh red dragon uh bobby fish and kyle o'reilly oh my god that's an awesome main event right there yeah it was uh it was the last match uh of course on the card and uh, they had him ref it, and they gave him a really awesome send off at the end. It was a it was a really cool moment. That damn, I'm jealous that, that you got to witness that live, man. That is that is an awesome main event. I mean, Red Dragon is amazing. I personally think they're probably one of the best tag teams in the world, for sure. Um, and it was a really cool situation with everything because uh, it was actually Ethan's. First match back since he had the ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool to see uh, him step back into that uh, spotlight. Like, you know, he's always so comfortable in and be able to go out there and have an awesome tag match. Like, that was one of the best matches to this day that I've seen live. Oh, man, I, I can imagine. I mean, we've seen Anthony Henry. We can't even count how many times because, you know, he's yeah. from here in Augusta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And because of him, I found out about Flatline and, you know, other stuff like that. So and uh, we got to witness Ethan Case uh, when he was teamed up with um, what's his uh, worst Elijah. Case scenario. Yeah, worst yeah. Case Elijah. Scenario. Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. Elijah yep. Wood. Yeah. And yep. That, yep. It, Elijah. Yeah. Elijah Evans the fourth. Uh, oh, Elijah actually, uh, Evans. I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why I said Wood. I said Evans. <laughs> it's yeah, all I good. Meant to say Evans. 
God. Just watching everything. I know, man. It's Dude, okay, man. Lord. It's like it is the most Mondayest Tuesday ever. So. <laughs> Dude, I'm for real. Like, like that's how it felt like when I was at work today. And someone made that comment as well. So now that comment has just like ringed throughout the day for me. It's gonna be on a T-shirt eventually. Yep. <laughs> I, if it's not already is one, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure. At a Walmart in some God knows location out in the middle of the booth. <laughs> yeah, for for real. I'm sure. But so, but so now, how many years now have you been uh, have you been wrestling and performing, Dale? Um. So this September will make six years. Mm, nice. Yeah. Which is still kind of hard for me to believe and say because I didn't even think I would make it past one year at one point. Uh, oh so. yeah, I, I was about to say that's a lot longer than some people last, you know. Yeah, and for me, it's like it's kind of weird because it's like five years is like a big, you know, mark. I feel for guys that are still very young, it's like, hey, cool, five years. You know, that's kind of a make or break for some people, but. Other times you got guys like, J- uh, well, I got can't even say James, uh, J.B. Drake, who uh, Anthony Henry and all these, uh, Ethan as well. Like these guys grind for at least ten plus years, and they just now are able to get that spotlight put on them. So yeah, I think agreements. everybody's I think everybody's rise is always a little different, and you know, watching those guys gave me the inspiration to kind of you know keep with it and. You know, it's always a goal to look towards. It's like, hey, you know, it may not be working out now, but I mean, if I stick with it, the right, uh, you know, things, ha- good things happen in time. As you I'm gotta, told. yeah, you you gotta become like like a master of your craft and everything mm-hmm. like that. It's very it's much the, so. The 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 more you work, the more experience you get. You know, a, a lot of people mm-hmm. think that. And it, I guess, especially in WWE's case, you know, it's the mindset of it's it's the youngest, you know, and everything like that. But I think I think we in the wrestling business know that like it's really experience that allows yeah. you to like you know go out and perform at that type of level. Absolutely. Yep. Uh... And, and and some people, you know, have those kind of careers where where they just you know somehow they just they get into the performance center or something, and then they get that that big push and then they get their big break and boom, they're a made star for life. And then you have people like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, he busted his ass for seven years before he became Stone Cold. You know? Yeah, exactly. Everybody's, I always think everybody's rise to the top is always different. But I always think that that's kind of like fun that you don't just go to the machine right off the bat that, that, you mm-hmm. know, you, that you have to go, and wrestle for different places, get different atmospheres, get, you know, different fans and everything like that. Yeah. I always I always think that, that that journey is a little bit more fun, but, you know, that could well, just be well, me. <laughs> in, in, a, in a sense, that is what the wrestling business is. It's not about making it. It's about the journey, uh, mm-hmm. and your training starts that. You get, the, you, bleh, you get taught the basics, and then mm-hmm. you move forward, and you start having match after match, and every person you wrestle – uh, you learn something from each one. You learn something from each promoter you work for. You learn something from each crowd you're in front of. Yep. And it, it's it's a growing and uh, it's just it's about just evolving with each time you step through the ropes. And that's basically how you become who you are. And every person does take that journey differently. And every person does make it uh, differently. And it takes some time for some, and it might be quicker for others because some are just quick learners. 
And yeah. it's, it, it's as you said, every person's journey to the top is a different road. It's a different journey. And mm -hmm. that's what makes it. All it takes is like the right. It's always the right place at the right time. You just never know when that's going to be. Exactly. Oh, exactly. And that's why you go out there. And uh, I think uh, Kenji Bree. Uh, yeah. Is, is that what he's called? Kenji Bree. Yeah. Kenji Bree. Um, he, he said it best on uh, his Facebook. He, he was like, every time you step through that curtain, it's an audition, basically. Yep. Essentially. See, you call him Kenji Bree. I knew him when he was Ken Lee. I, yeah. we, 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 we did too. We did too. It, that's, it why I said, that's why I said, is, is that what he's calling it's himself? Funny now? Because this is the first time we've ever talked to you, but you're naming every single person we've worked with in the past. Exactly. Uh, it's like, it's been a while since I've seen uh, seen him. and But every time I saw him, even after his name change, I was just like, Sup, Ken? Yeah. <laughs> that's how we are. <laughs> I saw him at Warp Tour. He was he was hardcore dancing during uh, okay. uh, Attila, and I was just like, I was like, I was just like, hey, Ken Lee. He's just like, don't call me Adam Kenji Bree. I was just like, you're Ken Lee. Shut up. <laughs> I was about to say it's still real to me. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Um, but so what? What would? What are some of your favorite opponents to wrestle then? Because everyone always has those people that, that they just like working with, that every time, you know, that they see their name on it, they, they're just like, oh, I like working that guy. Do you have any uh, of those so far? Uh, for sure, I really do. Um, number one would have to be uh, James Johnson. Yes, that's a, he, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, he'd probably be... My top uh, person to wrestle, uh, just because he is—he's just so good. Like I can't even talk enough about him. Uh, he's just not only just a great performer; he's a good dude. Like yeah, like th through and through. I was actually, you know, we were actually just at training yesterday. Uh, uh, we met up. Because uh, my my girlfriend currently, uh, she actually has been wrestling for about a year or so now, um, and she, me and James have kind of been helping her evolve a little bit past what she's kind of been plateaued as. Uh, mm -hmm. So we met up yesterday, and actually we're just we were just helping her out and training with her, and uh, we've kind of been doing you know over the past year or so when i moved to columbia a couple of years ago james was one of the first guys that i really connected with um it's just like you just meet somebody that you just your your spirits just you know it's automatic mesh, connect, mesh well together <laughs> it's yes. so it, it's so weird it's like but i mean we've taken numerous road trips together and just our sense of humor and everything like that. At times, others may consider it a little dark. <laughs> um, uh, but... uh, let's not get started on the buddies uh, on the road trip with the dark stuff. Because I've seen a lot of people who have even probably more darker stuff than you guys could probably ever come up with. Oh, um, yeah. I can only imagine. But, I mean, me and him joke <laughs> all the time. It's like he uh, he's like my road wife. So, <laughs> yeah. Even though yep. he's got a real, even though he's got a real one. Sorry, Kelsey. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, yep. 
He'll probably text you after this and give you shit for that. <laughs> probably, but I mean, it's all good fun. <laughs> yeah, he'll kick, yeah. he'll kick me Alamo? in the face later. <laughs> <laughs> Is there was there someone that that you've wrestled along the way where you thought, okay, there's no way I'm gonna have a good match with this guy, but then just somehow you just had that instant chemistry with, cause I've, I've had that Chris has had that and everything like that. We've, we've all had that. So I'm curious, you know, who, who have you had that with? Uh, mm, I really have to really have to dust off the files there. Cause, uh, <laughs> um, I've had concussions and, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm yeah, trying to remember real. all who I've, uh, wrestled like in the past few years. Um, God, man. Uh, mm. I can't really, really pinpoint anyone that I've felt that with because I feel like I can, you know, that person can either bring the best out of you or you can bring the best out of that person. So I can't really say per se yeah. that I've had a bad match um, with anybody in particular. Right. Uh, Let's let's rephrase it. What yeah. is one of your most favorite matches that you can recall ever having? Oh God, um, it would have to be um, at SWA about three three years ago. Um, it was the first ever Holly Yatsko Memorial Tournament, and uh, I was in the finals with uh, Thomas Extreme. Uh, Super Law and Ethan in a four-way ladder match that went about maybe ten minutes. <laughs> um, it feels a lot less when you're out there. Yeah, well, well, it was or kind of funny. Uh, we had a uh, we like we're planning we when we were about to go out. Uh, uh, David Reimer. Uh, Got uh you know who's recently uh passed uh who was such a good guy in times that I met him uh who was the owner of SWA at the time uh he came up to us like because the show had ran a little bit long and we were <laughs> we were outside going over everything and David we all come to the curtain get ready and David's like oh yeah by the way um you guys only have like ten minutes okay <laughs> cool. <laughs> the shortest ladder match in the history of ladder matches. <laughs> yes, but it was so fun. Um, I can't even like it was probably the most fun ladder match I've been a part of, and probably the most fun fatal four way that I've been able to be a part of. Like at one point, uh, <laughs> uh, Lyle got. Both me and Thomas. This was when I was a little bit thinner back then, too. Um, so uh, he was able to get both me and Thomas up on his shoulders, and uh, Ethan was laying uh, laying down uh, after you know on the ground, and he just like fin like Finley rolled us onto Ethan, <laughs> and at one point Lyle's feet are literally in the air. He made himself a tree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And going back and watching it, I'm just like, yeah, I was like, yeah, like his feet, his feet are at an angle. It's making like a four. 
<laughs> like he, we literally slid, we literally slid across Ethan, and it was just like I said. There's so many good like uh, parts of that match that I enjoy, even though it was so quick. It felt like we were out there a long time. But I would have yeah. to say that was probably the, as multi man matches go. That was probably the most fun recently. I already mentioned James. Uh, me and him recently back in March, we were in a tournament at a. Uh, GCW, which is a new company up here in North Carolina. And uh, we were in the finals for the GCW championship. And I've got to say, at the time, like I was, like in the past year, I've recently recently been coming off of like just a bad, just been in a bad situation in my mind mentally. So my confidence had had been lacking for a long time. Uh, But that match that I had with James probably... I don't think I could top it with him, mm-hmm. like even though we're probably going to try. But that, oh, was yeah. pro- that was the reaffirmation uh, that, hey, I'm actually pretty good at doing this. But it took <laughs> it took James, you know, has always been kind of the co- you know a coach to me, uh, and he he sees he knows that the good like the potential and everything's always there. Just so of other people, it's like. He wanted me. He gave me my confidence back, and I think that's something that I was uh, sorely lacking for a long time. And uh, after that match, I was like, "God, that was <laughs> like, why did I not have this confidence in myself?" Um, <laughs> it was. Uh, I, yeah, I hear you. I, awesome. I, I think I think we all go through that though. Like in this, like I definitely went through that like a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, when it came to wrestling. Uh, and everything like that. But, yeah, it's like, it's weird how this year I kind of feel like I'm hitting my stride. And uh, it's a different feeling. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you go from feeling kind of lackluster and all of a sudden you, you hit that moment, that pivotal moment where you know that you've got the ability and you, you've got what it takes to, to make a perfect match or – or to give somebody, you know, such an entertaining bout, you're, I can't even explain it. Because I've hit that stride a bunch of times. There's been moments when I, I when I was wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I was wrestling guys like, uh, I, I don't know if you know any of these guys. Uh, Chris Wiggins used to be go, known as Devin Wright. Uh, Brandon Wiggins. Parker. Oh, man, I miss that guy. <laughs> the Sin City yeah. Saint, Brandon Parker. Uh, the American Nightmare Six. I used to wrestle these guys many, many years ago. When we were all breaking into the business and you know there were moments where i felt like i couldn't compete on the same level these guys could but then i would get in the ring and we'd have these stellar matches we'd have these mm-hmm. matches to where just everything clicked and my confidence would boost back up and i would keep going it, it, i i know exactly what you're saying and exactly how you feel and you kind of sit there like wait i question myself i yeah. can do this you know and and i know exactly what you're saying so I, i'm right there with you on that I think the best way to describe it, it's like when you're in that moment, it's kind of euphoric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like time stands like, still. Time, yeah, exactly. Time stands still. And it's just like on that night, I think that was kind of the first night I felt magic with a certain person that I was working with. And it felt amazing. Like I didn't want it to end. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I hear you. I, I, 
I had that night uh, with Justin Chambers when, yeah. when, when we did that 30-minute uh, Iron Man, Man match. And, I, and here was the thing. He sprung it on me. He's like, he's like, he's like we're going to call it out there. And I was just like, I, dude, this is like my fourth matchup. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, phew, yeah. I'd be like, all right, have the beer chilled when I come back. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But the thing about his matchup was when they got out there, they, they did exactly what they said. They called it in the ring, and it was a thing of beauty. It brought everybody's attention that was there that night watching mm. that match. It brought them to their feet, and they were, like, chanting and screaming for both men. It was amazing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the moments that you always remember because it was so magical. Like, start like certain things with that i feel it's the right place the right time and the right atmosphere and you're with the right person you just you just click and when it happens it's just like wow this is amazing but then you get through it and then it's just like oh man it's over i can't wait for it again yeah that's exactly it's it's very addicting and, and that's and that's why they call wrestling it's like a drug uh <laughs> oh yeah even though if you try to walk away you're always addicted to that feeling and that emotion and it brings you back in very much so i mean we all what you know being you know a lot of us are i would say addicts for the business and for a lot of us it's the only thing that we have to that makes sense and that we latch on to And we don't want, you don't want to lose it. And, you know, as many have tried to, you know, like you said, you know, walk away or anything like that. There's always that one bit where, but where you're just like, oh, it's like, it's too good to give up. Yeah. And and you always come back in one way, shape or form. You might not be in the performing, but you're there somehow. (laughs) Yeah. And I've seen it plenty of times with a lot of guys because I mean, our bodies are not, you know, our bodies aren't built for this. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, the equivalent of what we do is like, uh, you know, a human car, you know, like a car crash. So it's yeah, like, <laughs> I always, I mean, we I always, are literally human stump doubles. Yeah, except nobody's doing it for us. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, there's no yelling, cut, get in here, stump yeah. double, take this bump. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, I always joke with, uh, cause I hang around some, some younger guys. I say younger guys. They're literally like maybe four years younger than I am, but to them, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the old, to them, I, I look like Mr. Miyagi or something. Um, <laughs> wax on, wax off. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I, I, I'm like the old man. I feel when I'm around them and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like I'm only. It's like what the. I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? I'm like, I'm only 24, and I sound like I'm 45. Like you know, you know how dogs have dog ears where it's multiplied by uh, however many human years. Well, that's the equivalent in wrestling. You could be there for two years, and somebody comes in that's about your same age. You're the older guy compared to them. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like I can only imagine how guys like who've been doing this longer than me feel. And it's just like. And it's like, if I feel this way, how am I going to feel when I'm their age? <laughs> <laughs> Ask Anthony Henry. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did not realize he was that old. Yeah. Isn't he like 32, 33? Something around that area, but he's been wrestling for many, many years now. So. I, I thought he was like mid-30s. 
Yeah, he's in his mid thirties. I I I, yeah. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, he's been on uh, uh, the Indies now for what about twelve something years? around that area? Twelve years or so. And uh, he, but he he and Drake are killing it. Uh, in, oh, anymore. for sure. And and Drake's older than him. That's what's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And it's he's still like, doing the moonsault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Getting yeah, over the only way he knows. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm going to tell him you oh, said God. that. And you're I just dead. realized what I said. And now I'm going to have Drake messaging me. Really? Where are you at again? Augusta? I'll be right there. He's going to come down and stop me with one of the boots he just made up. And I, seriously, he's going. <laughs> If Drake is hearing this, Drake, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Oh, man. Thank you for that, uh, Dick. Yeah, you're there. welcome. You're welcome. Oh, man. Hand, hands off. Don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so we, we, we've had a lot of fun laughing and, and everything like that and, and, and telling stories and everything like that, but you know, I, 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 everyone wants to know just a little bit more about, you know, this incident that's going around and everything uh, like that. Now, I know that there's certain things that you can and can't talk about. So um, if you need to, you know, just say I can't talk about that or whatnot. But I want to go back to basically where this like kind of started, because there's been a lot of rumors and, and, and there's been been this and that about it but did it start with you were in a program with his kid or something like that so what where it all started was uh back in let's see this happened in, in april um they were uh rwa was running a show and julian uh the promoter uh hit me up and said, Hey, you know, we can't give you a match, but we can set up a segment for, you know, third anniversary, you know, this, you know, it's not exact words, but basically, you know, he gave me a, gave me a spot, you know, gave me a spot on the show to just come in do a promo, um, and do a segment. All it was, was a segment, um, because they were working with bringing in, uh, you know, Brad and his son who was beginning training, but it was going to be a long time before his son actually got in the ring and wrestled. Um, I was told that he was okay to bump uh, or you know take you know take anything, and everything that happened, I went over with with his father, um, and his father approved everything. He you know he did he asked me to take care of the kid, and I was like I can you know I consider myself one of those people. It's like I'm not gonna you know, I'm not going to hurt somebody, you know, intentionally. Like, you know, I try to protect everybody I'm with because the, you know, the code is, you know, you protect who you're working with, no matter what yeah. the experience or anything like that. So I take that yes. to heart because I've had, you know, I've seen guys get hurt accidentally or any situation, but it's like, and it happens. It happens. And it, I mean, it, it, it's a physical contact, you know, form of entertainment. Like, yeah. there's going to be injuries eventually. You know, like, yeah. like, like you said, our bodies are technically not made for this. <laughs> yeah. And so, what was called, what was, I went over with him was, uh, you know, 
quick quick punch, uh, short arm clotheslines, and uh, they had the, the boots, uh, Gene Gene Anderson, the boots. And uh, I asked him, I was like, would it be okay if I took one of the boots and like, you know, hit him with it? And he said, absolutely, like he loved. So to me, he loved the idea. Like, because at the time, it's like, you know, I'm technically the bad guy, you know, the heel in the situation. Yeah, right. Um, so he said, cool, sounds great. Let's do it. Um, I mean, the kid, I could tell, was nervous, of course, you know, still very young or anything like that. But it's like, I went into it saying, you know, hey, no worries. I said, I'll take care of you or anything like that. So, Got through everything, you know, cut. I went out there and cut a promo and just was told to go out there and just, you know, be my character and, you know, get heat, basically. Right, which, right. Which, in essence, I did. I, and we all know anything we say in character is not true feelings. And, Absolutely. And anything I said, like, I can't even remember exactly what I said in the promo. I guess, uh, I guess I refer to him as a jobber and which, you know, hundreds of people have used that in their promo before. Um, yeah. But I guess he took it. If I, supposedly he took it, you know, to heart. And afterwards, like I went up to him and said, Hey, is everything good? You know, he's like, yeah, you seem fine. Uh, I didn't know at the time that his son was hurt. And somehow I find out a few days later that his son ended up breaking some ribs or cracked. I can't even remember what it is at this point. Either okay, way, so it was he, the ribs. It was the ribs, yes. He supposedly broke, saying that I broke his ribs or something or another. Um, going back, I have several witnesses saying, like, you know, they don't, under, like, they didn't understand where it happened at. I can't even pinpoint where it could have happened at. I think... It was just a freak accident, in my opinion. Um, and come to find out, like, he hadn't really learned how to bump properly. And so he was put, I feel like he he was put into a situation, I was put into a situation to basically get set up for failure. Um, and I don't think anybody realized it until afterwards, because they were, I think, misled as well. So... Mm-hmm. Everything, it was just a really, a lot of set of circumstances that unfolded because because of misgivings and, you know, white lies, I feel like, combined into it. Um, but then eventually, you know, I find out about this, I reach out to Brad, you know, I apologize or anything like that. Uh, I didn't expect anything back, and I didn't receive any, I didn't receive a message back. That's fine. You know, it's okay, but I'm hearing... From Julian, like you still, you know, he's still upset. Which I mean, yeah, I mean, you have a right. As a son. I'm not a father myself, but I can understand when my, I can understand when my son got hurt. You're always going to be upset. It's a natural human emotion. Um, my father's done the same when I've come home hurt, you know, bruised, bloodied, or anything like that. Um, it's a natural reaction. But right. I, I did apologize. I, like I said, I didn't hear anything from him, no message or anything, but, you know, I was still under the, I was given the impression that, 
you know, yeah, he's going to be, he was upset, but I wasn't given the inclination that he was going to do what he, he did. Um, and yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think, I think you could tell that, uh, uh, in the video, uh, that that's going around, um, yeah. you know, a, a number of people that saw it, that, that just saw the video said that just from the promo alone that he cuts, mm-hmm. that you could tell something right there just didn't, you know, feel right. Did you have any sense of that? Did you know he was going to cut a promo? No, I did not. Uh, I don't think that was even planned. Uh, because beforehand, I get there the day of the show, you know, and, you know, just talking to everybody. And Julian talked to me beforehand. He's like, he's still a little upset, but I mean, he said he's going to, everything's going to be, you know, he said he's going to be professional about the whole thing. And that's fine. Um, end up, you know, I don't go up and greet him immediately. I see him walk in. Uh, just give him his space, but eventually we do meet up because yeah, I mean the locker room's small. Uh, yeah, and we j- we just you know look at each other. I said, "Hey," I said, "Hey," and he's like, "Hey, man, what's up?" And I said, "Doing good." I sh- I shook his hand, and everything seemed cool, and everything like that. Like, and I know a lot of others witnesses are just like, "Yeah, he was kind of just like lurk, just kind of to himself, lurking around." To me, I didn't see that as he was being, you know, you know, hyping himself up for what he did. I looked at it as, you know, he's old school. He's just keeping to to himself and whatnot. Um, that's that's a, that, just, that, that's a natural assumption. Yeah, that, that, like, that's a natural assumption. Um, over the time, like I, I go, I went into the situation knowing that, you know, it's not going to be the most technical thing in the world you know i was given a finish or anything like that from julian and we went over it we went over a match you know wasn't expecting anything you know a lot of it it was going to be what it was and i was prepared to go out there and make the best of the situation because that's always what's been instilled in me as a professional i make the best out of any situation i'm given absolutely that's that's how anybody should be so Come time when we go, uh, match time, you know, we go over it one more time, everything like that. Like, he's just, to me, he's just getting ready, you know, getting his mind right. Because this was like this first match in a long time. So. Yeah, yeah. But before you go on with that, mm-hmm. that's that's another thing I read. Has he, like, not, he hasn't been in the ring in, like, 20 years, right? 22. No. No, uh, he's, uh. He has an ex, you know, because most of his time he's been spending in and out of jail, because uh, he has he does have an extensive criminal record. Uh, I come to find out, um, right? Can't can't really go into detail what he's been to jail for, but I mean it's it's not good. Um, <laughs> but oh, we, I, we, it's I mean it, it, there were things posted about it, so yeah, I mean, and, I mean, and I'm, that information's out there for everybody to go see, and you know if you want to find out about it. You know, go for it. But I'm not going to divulge. I don't wish to divulge it here. It's public record. I got you. can find it. So, but I mean, like I said, um, come match time. Yeah, he, he, as soon as he walks out, I know something has, 
flipped in his head. And me being, you know, the way I am, I can re- I feel like I can read the situation and be like, okay, yeah, this is probably gonna, you know, gonna be, you know, stiff or anything like that, you know. I think he's just out there, you know, hyping himself up. But then as I watched it back, he was literally pissing himself off. Um, yeah. To the point of getting into what he did. And I know a lot, I know a lot of people have, you know, said to me, it's like, well, when it happened, why didn't you fight back? Um, here's the thing. When you were caught off guard in a situation like I was, and you're not prepared to fight back, you don't fight back. You're not ready. I literally went into defense mode. Right. Did no, it, yeah, and, and, and that's perfectly understandable, in my opinion. Like, Because trust me, if it was that if he would have given, and I knew looking back at it, he did that all for a reason to catch me off guard. Yeah. So... And I think people are kind of missing that point to a certain extent because I've had several people be like, you know, I should, you know, next time do this or next time do that. And it's just like, and I have to explain, I'm like, guys, I said, if you watch, he catches me off guard and I literally go into defense mode to make sure this guy is not going to harm me or, you know, and what a lot of people think, you know, he went, you know, he went after my neck. I knew what he yes. was doing as, as soon as he, what he, you know, as soon as he went into what he did. I knew what he was doing. My first thing in my head, human instinct, was to protect my neck, and I did to a to a certain degree because he didn't, you know, he didn't cause any damage to my neck, um, just some soreness or anything like that. So. And I know a lot of people have seen, like, you know, when we get to the outside, he, you know, he lifts me up and everything like that, and they hear the sound. Yes. And a lot, and a lot of people are thinking, oh, that's my head cracking the floor. No, that's him hitting the floor. Okay. So okay. He, he, lit, he literally tucked, so in the situation, he tucked, when he pulled up, now he did mess up some of my teeth and everything like that, but. When he pulled up, like, I had my arms being able to, you know, create enough space, just enough for me to, when he went and dropped me, my head was tucked, and instinct, I rolled through. And my head never met the floor. Okay, because I'll be honest, when I watched the video, I I was sitting in my chair, and, and I saw that part of it. And that's just the part that infuriated me the most because when mm-hmm. I saw it, like I, I, I legit was just like, I have to, I have to turn this away right now because I and and you can't tell what happened to you exactly. No, it happened so fast. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's just God. That was the scariest part, mm-hmm. uh, y- you know, to me. And and for anyone that you know wants to say that that that, that you didn't fight back or anything, I mean. Man, if you know, when you look at the video, he doesn't even give you time to, yeah, react or anything. Like, mm-hmm. he just comes straight up to you. Yeah. And you're so, probably thinking at, at that point, okay, we're going to circle around the ring, and then we're going to do the lockup, right? 
Yeah, like I went, I was in performer mode. I wasn't in, you know, you know, shoot fight mode. Because exactly, um, I can defend myself. To me, I can defend myself in a certain degree, but I'm not. You know, I didn't take you know martial arts or anything like that. Because, you know, I just wasn't one of those kids to get into a lot of fights. Um, but <laughs> yeah, and, and, as a and human that's being, you know about, how to defend yourself. So, Right, and, and that's the thing about, you know, pro wrestling. And when people try to compare, you know, pro wrestling to MMA and, and everything like that, it's like, it's like they're, they're two different things. Like, like wrestlers you know might act like we like getting punched in the face but we don't actually want to get punched in the face <laughs> no but <laughs> well at this point i'm i've grown used to it if it happens hey cool oh yeah <laughs> yeah and, you're back. And, 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 and there yeah. are people that work stiff in, in mm-hmm. this business and and, right. and you know sometimes it yeah i know <laughs> or or bill Fletcher. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but um, but yeah, there are people that work, you know, stiff in this business and everything. And and you know, I think Triple H said it best. I've said it on here before, but you know, he he said said wrestling Shawn Michaels. He's like, I would never hit anyone harder in this business mm-hmm. than Shawn Michaels. Like like you never yep. hit anyone harder than your friends in this business. But yep. you know, the, 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 there's a there's a difference. In that, you know, and, and mm-hmm. what this guy did was just, I, I mean, it just, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but it, it sickened me. It, it was, yeah. it was awful. Yeah, it, I, it, it crossed that line and that, hum, not, not just that performer line, it crossed that human boundary line. And uh, yes, oh, absolutely. Um, real quick, you met, you mentioned that your teeth were messed up, you know, like, like how bad what was that? Was it, was it just, you cracked a tooth or did you actually like lose some teeth? Uh, so when he, when he had me by the neck, he pulled up and like, he kind of dis one of my teeth dislocated, but it didn't Ooh. knock it. Compl- it didn't knock it completely out. Um, cause once I caught my bearings and everything like that, I was able to, uh, it popped back in literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's, it's, it was very sore. Um, and I actually, I just seen my, uh, dentist today. Um, uh, it's like it, you probably just strained or, uh, some ligaments. And if it's not sore or anything like that, you don't have to worry about it, you know, falling out or anything like that. Cause, uh, so that it wasn't as bad as I originally perceived it was going to be, but I, he, uh, some of my teeth did chip a little bit. Um, mm. but other than that, it's like, I went and got myself checked out the next day and, uh, right. You know, I got x-rays, MRIs and, uh, uh, the doctor actually made me laugh cause she was like, you know, considering what you do for a living, cause I'm, she's, she's familiar with what wrestling is. Um, yeah. She's like, you actually have a very healthy neck. <laughs> <laughs> like she, she's like, you have one of the more, most impressive looking healthy necks that I've seen in a long time. And I'm just like, huh, okay. So it's just my back that's screwed up, right? <laughs> <laughs> just, just one of the most important parts of your body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so everything, so... You know, the elevator still reaches the top floor. We're good, so. (laughs) Um, That's great. 
But, but uh, yeah, so so White Mike says it on his video, right? He and so, yeah. so I think I could say this. Mm-hmm. He says on his video that you know he was in the back and everything like yeah. that, and he was. He he walked up to Julian to you know because he just he happened to see what was or he just happened to see before you went out mm-hmm. uh, who was going up and so he went up to Julian and Julian told him that oh this makes it to be a shoot brother and everything like that and I go I go back to that and you know we we've done enough calling out Julian on, on this program and everything like yeah. that. But my thing is, is if White Mike hadn't heard that, you know, I don't know if we would be having this conversation, to be quite honest. Um, I mean, in full disclosure, I th- I honestly believe you're right. Um, because I I will openly say now, if it wasn't for those guys, uh, I, I wouldn't be here. I probably would... I, I honestly can't even say if I would be here or not. Um, it was that intense of a situation. Yeah. Um, but, it, uh, looked, it looked that. I mean, th- there was no hiding it. Yeah, and not for nothing, and I'm not trying to sound dramatic at all, but I mean, I mean, my life kind of flashed before my eyes a little bit. Um, I, 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 have, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, it's like I've never been in that kind of situation, and I hope and pray to God I never am. Uh, right. You know, or ever in that situation again. But, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for them, for all those guys, you know, White Mike, uh, you know, uh, Timmy Lou, uh, Blanco, James Johnson was there. Um, Joey Osborne. Joey. Uh, Joey. Uh, all the like so many guys like as soon as you know you can hear from the video as soon as you he, he gets me on the floor like I I'm literally choking in pain mm-hmm. and they were and as soon as they run like they all stampede over there um, yes so like I said if it wasn't for I I honestly oh a huge uh, chance riser is another guy was there too um, I'm trying not to leave anybody out, but it's like there were so many of them that rushed over and were there. Right. Um, if I could, real quick, when because I, I can't really tell this on the video because mm-hmm. they they, they kind of like you know uh, do a downward shot or or something like that. But yeah, like when was the point that they actually like ran down there and like did they did they like pull him off or did he just get up? Like, like as, did he just let go when he saw them? As soon as he saw them stampeding over there, he ran. Wow. Well, um, and in all honesty, that just right there stands as a true testament of just how much of a brotherhood professional wrestling really is. Yes. Very much so. So, and I said it last week, and, and, I, and I, those uh, guys and girls that ran over there to your aid. Uh, a lot of them are going to be at the Viral Pro Wrestling Show we're going to be at on June 8th, and I'm going to personally give them my thanks for doing that uh, because that stands as a true testament to the brotherhood that professional wrestling uh, is all about. So. Yeah, and, uh, and I've seen a lot of those guys since the incident, and, uh, you know, a lot, like, I had numerous messages and everything like that after everything that happened. 
Right. But seeing them seeing them in person and getting the message is way different than uh you know each situation. But I've seen them and uh it for me, I'm not one of those people that thinks they have an impact on people's lives because I don't think of myself as an important person and that's just the way I'm wired. But the fact that all the people who saw this and people that were there were there for me and everything like that, like it was, it was humbling, but it was also like a reformation of, Hey, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not just some random person, you know, I generally have people that like me and, you know, care for me as a person. Well, you know, because I'm not, you know, I don't have to be the best of friends with somebody for somebody to, you know, stick up for me in a situation like that. Like, because I'm not, I wasn't close. I'm not close to a lot of those guys. Like, you know, it's, we have that camaraderie. We have, we have this business and everything like that. But the fact that they would, stick literally stick their neck out for me and literally be ready to fight you know somebody like him and stick up for me so quickly it was just it was it was it it was just crazy like i i can't put into words how it made me feel to have all those guys behind me and supporting me and backing me and uh and like i said i've only touched on it but like i said i literally had hundreds of messages that rolled through comments posts everything like that like my yeah you had a whole hashtag (laughs) it it was uh yeah i i I said it you know on on this show before but it was legit like he might as well have just flown the plane into the twin towers you know basically like like it it pissed off everyone because that's yeah. just that's just something that that you don't do. You know, there have been some of the most personal rivalries in wrestling. Rivalries that people didn't realize how much people how much these two like legit hated each other. Big yep. two biggest examples: Matt Hardy and Edge during that whole Lita uh, incident. Yep. Uh, Tolly Blanchard and Magnum T A. You know, Magnum or, or I'm sorry, Tolly Blanchard was legit pissed at Magnum TA for, yep. you know, marrying his ex-wife. Yep. And, you know, but at the end of the day, those guys were able to look at each other and go, you know what, we're going to get some, st- I'm going to get some stiff shots on you and, 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 and you and me as well. But at the end of the day, we're going to go home to those people. We're going to go home and we're going to, you know, go have a beer at the end of the night or something like that. And obviously that was not this guy's intentions. And it was just that. It's just awful, like you know, and and I'm 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 so sorry that out of that out of all that could have happened, you know, you had to experience this. I mean, for me, man, it's like, and I and I appreciate you know the support and everything like that. Like, it means a lot. Trust me. Um, but like I said, I I don't want to say I don't even want to say it, it happened for a reason because I don't think it should happen to anyone. But I think just we're placed in certain situations to, you know, have those experiences and get people like that out of this business. Yeah. Um, and and as well, you, 
Yeah. As you said earlier, there's always a time and a place where uh, someone's career path takes a different turn. Where yeah. he wanted to end your career, he just boosted your career. Yes, because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it seemed like after this incident, uh, you got bookings galore. Uh, I mean, it, it's not the ideal way. I wanted to get that shot in the right. eye with spotlight on me. I don't think anybody would want that. Right, but, obviously. I mean, it's not, I, ref, I refuse to let the, this moment define me as a person and a performer. Because for me, it, as soon as it happened, I was just like, I got up. I you know, got my emotions in check. But at the, after that, I was just like, okay, you know, I'm going to get my head right. And not even two days later, like, I was ready to get back in the ring. And I got back, you know, I went to training, like, Wednesday, that Wednesday, not even three days after the incident happened. And it was like nothing ever happened. Like, I never fell off, like, I never fell off the proverbial bike. Um, I was able to just hop right back into it. And the fact that these people that reached out to me, it's like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were saying it's like, oh, you know, they're just taking advantage of, of a situation. It's like, no, it's it's human decency. And also, I know these people that have reached, that reached out to me, like whether it was from word of mouth or connection through social media. Um, I knew these people. I had established either relationships with them or I knew people who knew them. And it was just the right, it just wasn't the right time in the right place yet. But then, you know, opportunity, opportunity presents itself. And oh, so you, so, oh, oh, so, so you know Austin Aries then? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, brother. You know uh, Austin Aries at X-Pac. <laughs> what yeah, else no, is right? hiding? <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I, trust me, I wish. Uh, of course, to touch on that a little bit, like I never reached out to Austin personally. Like it was good to see, you know, it felt cool to have his support in the situation and Josh Alexander, uh, Joshua Alexander as well, um, who wrestles for impact. But, uh, right. Sean, Sean, Wal- Sean Waltman, X Pac was very vocal about it. And, uh, white Mike actually was, uh, the connection point for me talking to Sean and uh, I reached out to him, and we talked a little bit. And uh, it wasn't a long conversation. It was just I explained my situation. And uh, we had a little back and forth. I, Honest to God, I did not think he was going to write back. Uh, so when that when he popped through, I was just like, oh, wow. Um, so this is a thing. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, you're like, you would probably be like me. I used to watch you as a child. Yeah, it was I like I had to like reel myself back in because the professional side you're just like oh wow, you know Xbox messaging me back and you know the fan side of me is like oh my god Xbox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um but like I said uh it was crazy but it was also cool to have that short talk with him and for me, I told I one of the last things I sent to him was like, you know, I was thanking him for, you know, letting me explain my side of the situation, 
And I thanked him for the support because I listened to his podcast where he talked about it and he had Johnny Fairplay on it. And uh, Johnny explained it to a good point, but I feel like me being able to tell my side, I feel like it's better to come from the horse's mouth. Absolutely. And, not, you know, and nothing derogatory towards Johnny at all because he was he had the he witnessed it. But uh, I had the personal, you know, I was I was there. Um, <laughs> yeah. You were literally the one taking it. <laughs> yeah, so I was in that. Yep. I was literally in the situation. But uh, like, I, I reached out to Sean. One of my last messages was, uh, you know, in my head, like we all had that self doubt of like, well, maybe I did. You know, I could have done something different. Maybe I should have fought back because those natural things run through your head. Um, and I reached that out to him, and the last message he sent me kind of stuck with me. Because like I said I don't want to be I don't want this to be the stamp that people know me for. Like I don't want this to be the thing. Hey, people look at me. It's like, oh yeah, it's the kid that almost died um, in a wrestling match. Like I don't I don't want that, and nobody wants that. Absolutely. Uh, and I know they say you know any publicity is good. There's no such thing as bad. To me, there are some negatives from it, but it's what you make out of it. If you take a, ne- a huge negative and turn it into a massive positive, which I plan on doing with all these opportunities that I have, I definitely, it's going to be an afterthought in no time. And to me, it already is an afterthought because I'm here, I'm moving on with my life, um, I'm taking it, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities that have been extended to me, and I I'm hitting hitting the ground running more than I think I ever thought I would. Because for me, it's like, I just was going to take this year and kind of just, you know, ease back, you know, ease back into wrestling. Cause at one point I thought about just stepping away and just taking time personally for myself. But again, we go back to our original thing. It's like, it, once you got, once it's in your blood, it's hard to step away. Yep. Yeah. It's very true. Uh, but this text that, you know, Sean sent me what stuck with me very much. So he said, quote unquote, uh, you won't be known as the kid this happened to. If you stay the course and do noteworthy things in your career, that part is up to you. As far as spending too much time in your head, thinking about how you might've handled things differently, cut that out. Absolutely. I, I, I 100% agree with it. And when that when like I read it the first time, but it's like I had to constantly keep reading it to get the message going through. I'm like, he's right, like he's right, like because I had that doubt, like I had that doubt in my head. But like I said, when I after seeing that, everything just started to click in my head, and my wheels started getting back to normal, like my mindset started getting back to normal, and I knew in my mind that I'm not going to let this play a mental, you know, be a mental faculty that's going to hinder my career. I've worked too hard. I've gone through too much to let something like this derail me and get to where I want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's the, that's the mindset that, that you should have, you know, there's, there's, there's been people who have had like it, no, nothing like this 
per se, but there have been, you know, bad incidents in people's lives in the wrestling business, and they have prospered from it. They, they, they have triumphed over it, and people forget, the, you know, those, those parts of them, and they just see what they do, you know, now and everything mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I would just, I would just keep grinding, man. Just, just, just keep going out there, work as much as you can, get as much bookings as you can, and just have fun. And, and speaking of the bookings, um, what's next for Jake Ryan? Where are you gonna be at? What shows are you gonna be performing at? And where can the fans catch you next? Well, uh, this weekend, actually coming up, I will be in Greensboro for Firestar. Pro Wrestling Future Fire 10, and the next day I will have, be a part of a special benefit Firestars putting on uh, for a local uh, baseball team. And uh, all the all the info that I say will be available on my social media that I'll you know plug here in a sec. But okay. uh, I have I have that coming up this weekend. Uh, the following week, uh, I will be making my Future Stars of AML debut against. Uh, AML roster member uh, Axton Ray. Ooh, it's... AML Wrestling. They've got a, their own YouTube thing going on as well. Like, yeah. I, I'm a fan of them. Yeah, and honestly, uh, I've got, I've know, I've known Brian Hawks when I first started my career. Um, there is, uh, I know he's gonna hate me even mentioning this, uh, but there is a match floating out out there of a six man tag match with. A very young Jacob Ryan taking on, uh, and two of his partners, who, uh, taking on Brian and two other goons that he found. I think it was Ox Baker Jr. and David House. Like, it's weird how my memory works like that, but there is a video out there of me and Brian wrestling. And, uh, so I've literally known him that long and I've gotten to know. Uh, Tracy Myers, who is a very down-to-earth person. Nice. And, uh, they were kind enough to extend me this opportunity, and I definitely, you know, am going to take full advantage of it and, you know, perform to the best of my ability that I think I know I can. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I've known Axon for a good while, too, when he first started, and he's just sky- he's skyrocketed to, you know, a great heights in wrestling and I'm looking forward to having that match. Um, but that's next week. Um, and then the coming months, um, I will be the debuting for uh, real shoot wrestling in West Virginia on July 4th. Uh, two days later, I'll be in Austell, Georgia for stranglehold wrestling. Uh, trying to think the following weekend I'll be debuting for extreme mountain wrestling Alliance in, te- in uh, Maryville, Tennessee. Uh, August kind of picks up a little bit more for me. Um, I'll be return. I'll actually be wrestling in my hometown of Michigan for uh, Metro pro wrestling. And uh, my, uh, my uh, funny story, my grandmother who's uh, 82 years old uh, has never seen me wrestle will actually be there to watch me wrestle for the first time. Oh, that'll be awesome. So that's going to be a really cool night. Uh, I was able to perform in front of my family a couple years ago, and uh, she was she couldn't make it because she was uh, 
she was sick at the time and mm. uh but uh she you know, but she said next time you come up here i said i pr-, she said she would make it so you know, only three years later um <laughs> she's, uh, she's keeping that promise but uh, i'm looking forward to that and then a couple weeks later i'll be returning back to indiana for the first time in a couple years uh I'll be debuting uh, August 23rd for Paradigm Pro Wrestling up in Jeffersonville, Indiana. And the following day, I'll be returning to New Wave Pro in Spencer, Indiana. So I'm lo- very much looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, shout out to my, uh, my, you know, my good friend Cole Radrick for reaching out to me and helping me set that up. I'm really looking forward to getting back out there. But that's just kind of the... Uh, tip for the summer months. Uh, later on, later in the year, I'll be in West Virginia again for uh, uh, All Star Wrestling. Uh, up in, I'm trying to remember. So you got a lot of bookings coming up. Yeah, I've got. It's I hate the ramble, but it's just like I got so many. Like I have a lot coming up. I'll also be appearing for places like you know I'll be back with GCW throughout this year as well. Um, and just so many, so many others, uh, USWL in Tennessee as well in August. Like it's, I'm losing, I'm going to need more memory on my phone at this point, (laughs) Uh, but it's like, I'm I'm also working. Like I had a lot of people reach out to me from out in like California, uh, Seattle area, uh, Florida, a few other places like. I'm taking what I what was given to me, but I'm also going to try to you know branch off of it as well. I have the contacts now. It's all about just you know setting in things in motion. But uh, other than that, I mean, I'm really looking forward to all these opportunities that I have coming up. I would love love to get down to viral. Um, yes, soon. Uh, Hear that, James Caleb Kitchens, Joshua Hancock. <laughs> you get this guy up to viral pro. <laughs> Like um, now, <laughs> which also uh, speaking of uh, J- uh, James, uh, he was one of the guys to be very vo- boisterous in this whole situation. And uh, oh yes, but you know, I said I said on the forum when he opened it, like I said, I thanked him publicly, and it's like, but yes, I would love to get down the viral and work with those guys. It's just as I said before, it's all about timing. And uh, if the timing's not right right now, I'd love to work something out down the road. But, you know, it'll happen. I feel in my heart it will happen. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I definitely uh, uh, feel that as well. I, I have a feeling you'll be, you'll be down at viral, um, if not sometime this year, definitely sometime next year or something like that. Because viral, viral keeps growing uh, each and every single month. And uh, we're, we're doing some big things. Absolutely, I've uh, I've watched Viral since it first uh, launched, and uh, it's definitely something I'd love to be a part of, as yes. ma- you know, as much as possible. But I would definitely love to just get down there, you know, uh, get down there and be a part of it. Well, hopefully, uh, uh, something will open up soon. You know, uh, b- before we go. Uh, I just got to ask this question, man. I don't know if you were uh, able to watch Double or Nothing yet, the the AEW pay-per-view, but we were talking about it earlier on the show here. And 
you know, right now there's this, there's such this excitement in wrestling right now that 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 we as wrestling fans have not felt for a long time, pretty much ever since the Monday Night Wars and stuff like that. Did you get that feeling watching uh, Double or Nothing, or have you been able to watch it? So I haven't been able to watch the full oh, pay-per-view, oh. but I've been able to watch uh, certain matches. Like, I watched Dustin and Cody. Oh, my God. Um, just amazing, right? It, it was the best match on the show. Uh, at times, uncomfortable, but also those times of, you know, wow, you're very encapsulated and and captivated by the story that they're telling. It was, it was very, the whole show overall, I feel was very well done. Um, there was a lot of good surprises in there, especially at the end with, uh, Moxley, uh, debuting. Uh, As many people are like, Oh, you know, you know, he's just taking time off or anything like that. It's like, I think a lot of people knew that, he was he need he wasn't just gonna sit at home because I don't feel like Moxley's that type of person. He's not one of those guys. <laughs> to ca- he's not one of those guys to cash his chips and sit home and sit on the couch. Yeah. No, no. He he like he likes to uh, he likes to get down and dirty in the action. I mean, if if, if you've ever watched his CZW stuff like back in the day, you, you yes. know. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, that's where I first came familiar with him um, back in the day and watching his stuff in CZW and all around the Midwest. Back before even when, you know, it wrestling the indie scene was as big as it is now. And overall, I mean, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan, but it's also a great time to be in the business. Because yeah. wrestling, like, a lot of these guys are just like, you know, wrestling's, you know, hindering or anything like that like wrestling's in a bad spot no wrestling is like probably the best it's ever been in my in my opinion like i i believe in my personal opinion and i've been watching you know the business as it grew uh from from the time in the 80s to the 90s the attitude era the monday night wars uh he's old as fuck you know what (laughs) In wrestling years, I am okay, <laughs> but um, but this is like the biggest time in professional wrestling uh, to be a wrestling fan, but also to be a wrestler. There's so many promotions, and you've said this on the show too. There's so many promotions with the guys and the girls that go work, uh, so many opportunities, and, and so many new ways to get the product out there. Yes. It's phenomenal. And I know a lot of people have the misconception of like I. And it's nothing against the fans that come out to support us. They always have their opinions as far as like wrestling goes. But there are some out there that think, you know, you know, WWE wants AEW to fail or AEW wants WWE to fail or any other company wants them to fail. No, because when you lose a product, you it's like taking a like wrestling is a body and you can only take so many hits or, you know, shots before they bleed out. Yeah. For me, I feel with AEW, it's another alternative just presented on a much, much larger scale. Yes. Because when Lucha Underground came out, um, that w- in itself was an alternative because look at the people that showed up. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And look at the way that they did it. It, it was almost yeah. like it wasn't a wrestling show. It was legit a TV show. Exactly. So for that, for me, I think AEW is presenting a great alternative product. It's literally like indie wrestling on steroids. Um, <laughs> That's the perfect way of describing it. Because it's not their. Because for WWE, the reason WWE's product is the way it is, I feel, is because they are a public company. They have so many sponsorships and people that they have relationships with that they can't have the type of product that they did back in the day because, let's face it, times have changed. And for them, they can't just be all gung-ho and go back to the old ways because that would that would it would be detrimental i like so wwe is is you know if it's not your cup of tea great focus i focus more with the wrestling i try you know i do i do watch the segments because i'm a part because you never know what ideas you can get from anything oh Um, absolutely even the bad ones yeah exactly um like a lot of people were like, "Oh God, the twenty four twenty four seven championship was such a terrible thing," and a lot. Of, and here's my thing on that: Yes, okay, it's public. Yes, that belt is not the best looking belt in the world, um, <laughs> but it is. Li- but it is literally the hardcore championship re- reinvented. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's the PG version of it. <laughs> exactly. But it's the, yeah, it's the PG then, version. The hardcore championship back then basically became just an opportunity for guys to get some camera time and try to get their character over. And that's literally what this is here. Because there's not a spot for everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which so, is hard to believe considering the fact you have Three hours on Monday, two hours on Thursday, and, you know, you have a whole whole network, network, you know. (laughs) Yeah. But, hey, it's their their rodeo. Who am I to tell them how to wrangle in the bulls? Well, Um, that's that's very true. I mean, mean, yeah. But I don't know. I think one of the most entertaining things about the 24-7 title, though, has been our truth I mean, good God. He's just, he's so funny. He, that title is to our truth what the Hardcore Championship was to Crash Holly. Yeah. <laughs> That's truth on that one, no pun intended. That's very. Yeah, and, like, and I, it's so funny, like, watching everything unfold, and everybody's like, Oh, it's so dumb, but so people are so quick to forget that what's old is new again. They're literally just recycling old things that they did back then. Yeah, or not, that stuff was almost twenty years ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> and as much as that may hurt some people's soul, and you know, <laughs> but it, was, it was that long ago. You know, unless you're like a hardcore historian, like. You know, I feel like I remember stuff. I know facts from like 80, from the 80s and 70s that I should not know about. But I, <laughs> I'm a, I consider myself just one of those guys that loves knowing the history of stuff. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm that way, too. Like, uh, like, I didn't get to watch, like, 
every single Monday Night Raw and Monday Night Nitro and, and all of those programs because, like, I was a child, so, like, I had a bedtime <laughs> and I had, a, I, I, like, I had the curfew. I had restrictions on what I couldn't watch mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So now I go and I watch, like, all of the Attitude Era Raws and a mm-hmm. lot of the Nitros and stuff like that. And, and it's just like, wait a minute, I didn't even know that that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like I go back and watch stuff from, like, even the early 90s before I was even born. And that hurts to say, but yes, I wasn't right? even born. <laughs> when some of the, most of this stuff happened, but it's like, I can go back and have that fact in the back of my head. I can watch stuff. I've literally watched all the nitros from, I want to say the tail end of 96 to literally the tail to the end, to the beginning of 99, like numerous times. So and going and then, back and, and watching it now as an adult, I can watch it and be like, Oh, that's really cool. And then I can also be like, Wow, they let that on TV? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing the, the, the stuff that they got away with uh, at the time. And, and like I said, it's funny because when WCW closed, there was like this one, this was when video stores were still around. Yeah, no, they, like, like this was a blockbuster that was still open. Yeah, you hit that oh. on this old Facebook being like really dead on. I know, right? <laughs> Dude, I loved Blockbuster. Are you kidding me? Right, right. I used to go get like WCW videos and stuff like that. And they happened to have this WCW video and it was the spring. No, it was the Slamboree uh, 2000 event. And it had the triple cage. And I just went, wait a minute. I didn't even know this happened. So I watched it. I had no clue what was going on. So years later, they finally put the Nitro and Thunders up. And so... I went and I watched them just to kind of piece together. And watching it afterwards, I still don't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> That's the same way with me. It's like I watched the the Nitros from into 99 into two, like, like early 2001. And I'm just like, were they even trying? No. No. <laughs> no, they weren't. It was literally, it was literally, if you talk to Bischoff, it was literally, they just like, what, on any given night, uh, okay, so we're just going to put a table match between the wall and Sting, we're going to put Vampiro against Hogan, and we're going to have Kidman run the, ah, just all we're that gonna, shit. We're going to have a Viagra on a pole match. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> oh, God. I just, and then I have a really so cheesy out. segment with Kidman walking off with two girls. Oy. <laughs> Wow. And the so bottle bro- up- and the and the bottle broke before he even got it down. Jesus. Oh yeah, <laughs> it did. But it did. I think with just the just my final thought with everything like with AEW and WWE, mm-hmm. I think what Moxley said in his promo rings true. What happened la- what happened Saturday was literally a paradigm shift. Because now AEW is the hot is the hot product. It's literally like WWE is looked at as what WCW used to be back in the day. Yeah. And it's weird to think that way, but it kind of is, but WWE has such a is such a machine. It's not going to die off anytime soon. <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I, you know, I, I was one of those people that, like, you know, I, I, I love the fact that AEW is, is, is still, or, you know, is, is about to make this big, huge run and everything like that. But, you know, 
one of the companies, and, and I just want to ask you this real quick, if you've ever watched this company, uh, I really like Ring of Honor. And yes. I don't want to see someone like them get hurt in all of this process, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't want to see any company like Ring of Honor or Impact or even WWE, you know, take a blow because I feel like those are all separate alternatives. They're all yes. different platforms. They're all different stages for guys that want to be successful in this business because look at it this way for WWE is where you go and make your money. Yes. That is the number one thing that is, you know, that's been known. That's where guys make their money, but also you have these certain levels because you see guys that lead WWE and go to impact or ring of honor. And now they go to AEW. They've had that spotlight. They've had that money. You know, they've established, you know, they've gotten themselves situated to where, hey, not only can I make money at this and still put on great matches, you know, I'm comfortable. I can go do something to have a little bit more fun and a little bit more freedom. Right. So, and that's why I think that's, that's why Jericho joined AEW. I mean, Jericho's literally done it all. Now he's literally to the point in his life to where he just wants to have fun. Yes. And he showed he was the GOAT in, in, in that matchup alone with Kenny on that yes. one, I felt like. Yes. He's, uh, he's t- he, Jericho is timeless. Yes. Just like, uh, it, just like Dustin Rhodes, in my opinion. He is, or he is timeless. Yeah. Dustin, uh, Dustin is one of those guys that I don't. Doing that. Yeah, Dustin is one of those guys that I still feel in my heart that should have gotten more than what he did. But he was, you know, he did, he made a career out of the Gold Dust character. But I always felt like his natural ability, he got better with age. He was like, like these guys are like a fine wine. And it just works that way. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Well, Jacob, man, thank you so much for being on the program tonight. Uh, it was an honor and a privilege to have you on here. And for those who, who don't know you uh, that well, I think have gotten like a great idea of, of who you are now and, and what type of man you are and stuff like that. I mean, I'll, as far as it is, is like I, ho- I know there will always be people with certain opinions about myself or anything like that, but at the end of the day, I just want people to know that I'm not in wrestling just because I saw it and thought, hey, this looked like something fun. I truly and legitimately love this business with all my heart. And the city, it happened. But mm-hmm. I, ref- like I said, I refuse to let that be my plateau, be that my defining moment. And with this, I'm just going to take the, I feel like I've been given the ball. And now it's my job to, you know, get to the goal goal line. However far I got to run, I definitely plan on making it a slam dunk. Well, we all here at uh, SWN and TMB Studios, we're behind you 110% on anything and everything you do. But I know you said you were going to plug your social media so people could find out where you're going to be at. Go ahead and do that right now so everybody can get that information. So you can follow me on face, uh, like my page on Facebook at Jacob Bryan. 
Uh, you can friend me. Uh, same thing, my personal page under Jacob Bryan. Follow me on Twitter at Jacob Bryan Pro. Instagram, Jacob Bryan underscore Pro. And I also have a U- I have YouTube links to my matches and everything like that. And uh, whatever social media that's out there, I basically have, and you can find it under Jacob Ryan. Uh, but like I said, guys, I I appreciate you guys letting me come on and talk. Like it's kind of, it's kind of weird being able to give up get get a platform to tell my story and just get my side of stuff. Well, absolutely, and that and that's exactly uh, what what I wanted to do for you here. Uh, tonight and I'm glad that you got that but I'm also glad that we got to have some fun just talking about what we all love professional wrestling absolutely and uh, and I love talking I always love talking about professional wrestling and for me it's just the one thing that in my life has always been a constant and it makes sense so for me if we're not talking about I can also disconnect from it but somehow wrestling is always going to be intertwined into my life. And for me, that I am definitely okay with that. Well, we appreciate that. We feel the same way. And just because you love professional wrestling like we do, anytime you want to be on SWN, I know Caleb Stovall agrees with me. Just hit us up. Let us know. We'll be more than glad to bring you on and talk about more professional wrestling. Absolutely. I would love that. Um, I would definitely love to uh, – come back on here in the next uh you know next couple months that would be awesome but uh till then till then guys uh, i think i'm just gonna ride the wave for a little bit maybe catch up down the line a little bit absolutely uh well man keep grinding it out there keep killing it out there on the independence man and hopefully we'll have you back on soon but again thank you so much for being here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope to see you guys down the road. Uh, Like I said, you never know. Hey, Viral, my DMs are open. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, all right, Jacob. Thank you so much for being with us. You have a great one, man. You too, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll catch up with you guys soon. And that is it for this edition of the Stovall Wrestling Network. My name is Caleb Stovall. His name is Chris Dickens. And for Jacob Ryan, peace, everyone.